Yeah. Is this waterproof? It is. It looks waterproof. It is. Mm. You know, just in so case. So I'm all like, go, whoa. If you want to go swimming with all your SD cards, you know. Sometimes I do. I like to have the option. I'm just saying. Never know. You could spill coffee on it or something. It could happen. Or uh, barbecue sauce on your Rubik's Cube. It's happened. <laughs> it's happened. If we were trying to have like a owner's manual or something, that would be one of the warnings on the front of it because it's it's happened. Barbecue sauce can you go know. rogue. It can't. <laughs> can't trust barbecue sauce. You ready to do this? We're recording, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, oh we gosh. are. Okay, let's go. That's fine. All right, ready? Uh, yeah. Cool. <gasps> Welcome, everybody, to episode number 92 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. I am Drew Brown. Oh, and we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we're going to be talking about benefits of eyedropper pens and drawbacks. I added to that one. Uh, nibs that we would consider to be the universal remote of the pen world. Yes. New phraseology of a question I haven't heard before. Uh, we're going to be talking about our favorite pens and inks so far this year. And we're going to be talking about our dream collaboration with a major pen manufacturer, specifically not an independent one. Nope. And if you're going to ruin your nib by smoothing the reverse side of it with MicroMesh, we're going to spotlight some special treasures from my personal pen collection, and then we'll do our normal pen nonsense towards the end. Yes. So let's get this thing started off with some feedback. All right, first, the first person to feedback today mm-hmm. is, uh, we're just gonna say Anna. Anna, I'll, Anna. Anna Zuzian, 1557. Drew, you are supposed to have some good single malt with your haggis. Then mm. haggis goes down quite easily. I mentioned how the haggis that I tried that one time kind of got stuck up in, yeah. in my face hole, and this person's saying a, a, a some sort of alcoholic something needs to go. I don't even know I'm what a single malt scotch. I don't know what a single malt is. Scotch. That's scotch. Scotch. Yeah. Okay. It's a scotch with only. So you can't have one, a malt beer. It only has one malt. Oh. I don't believe that it's. I don't believe beer has malt in it. I don't know what malt is. So this is where you're you're looking at me I, for like a lifeline yeah. of how to explain this, and and I got nothing mm. for you, Drew. This is like when you're asking me about like sports, I, I prefer sports double questions. I prefer double malts with my haggis. That is a thing. I prefer malt, a thing. malted milk balls. Right? With oh my gosh. Haggis. I know it's a thing, but I don't actually know what the malt is. No, I have had alcohol one time in my life. New Year's 1999. I tried one little bit of champagne. Okay. And it was like grape juice that burned my nose, and I was like, no. It's pretty much what it is. I don't want this. Yeah. So I just never, never did that ever again. <laughs> it's an, alcohol's <laughs> an acquired taste. Like, None of it really tastes great. Yeah. I was like, why can't I, right. I could just have grape juice and not have my birdie what nose? Do you, do you think it would make your haggis taste better though? I don't know. It, the, the taste wasn't bad. It was just very thick and gummy. <laughs> like, all just, right. Just filled all this space. <laughs> wow. All right. All right. And then uh, Pens and Whales says, yeah, I'm going to have a tough time getting through this one. Drew, no. I'm sorry, but I'm Team Shannon. The lamp? No, absolutely not. I'm not really shouting here, but seriously, need to get the point across. No Pizza Hut lamp in your house. Needless to say, I don't appreciate that. But you know what? Well, I think I, think, I don't need. I think you, you needed some opposition in your life. On you know this what? One. Too many people were supporting I this. Can, well, here's the thing. So while pens and whales 
was trying to crush my happiness and my dreams. Kendall W came in for the win. That's what W stands for in Kendall, win. Because Kendall says, I didn't know that I needed a Pizza Hut light until now. Drew, 100% understand this need. It would be the central accent that pulls the entire living space together into a harmonious masterpiece. Kendall, thank you. I don't know about that. Kendall knows. Kendall, Kendall gets me, Brian. I think you find what you're looking for in some of these feedbacks, Drew. <laughs> uh, seeking you shall find, I suppose. But, uh, you know, hey, uh. pens and whales, you know, they're in there too. Yeah. But, uh, no, Kendall obviously knows what what he's talking about a little bit more. I had, so. to, I had to look up what malt meant because I feel, oh, like, you got some, some, I feel like we're adults and we should know about this. Get some informalchen. Um, so malt is a germinated cereal grain uh, that's been made to germinate by soaking in water and then is halted from germinating further by drying it with hot air. That is the process of malting. Malted and halted. So malted grain is used to make beer, whiskey, malted milk, malted vinegar, confections such as Maltesers and Whoppers. Flavored drinks such as Horlicks, Ovaltine, and Milo. Oh, I do like Ovaltine. And some baked goods such as malt loaf, bagels, and rich tea biscuits. So it's not just for whiskey. Isn't loaf a nice word? It's a nice shape or it object is. too. It's like, what, like, aren't most foods better in a loaf form? My, like, think about your favorite food. Would you, wouldn't you be delighted to have a loaf of that? A chocolate loaf? Yeah. Sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'd be into that. I'm thinking like, you know, hey, do you like spaghetti? How about a spaghetti loaf? Spaghetti loaf? loaf? Yeah. Why not? Okay. You know. Everything's better in loaf. I'm on the journey with you. I like baked spaghetti. That's kind of like a loaf. No, no, I suppose so. You just need to bake it all the way around. Make a cheese casing. Like a deep dish loaf. No, like a cheese casing, like a hot dog. But instead of like intestine, it's cheese. What are we talking about? I don't know. (laughs) All right. Anyway. Starting on the pen cast strong here. Feed feed some back, Brian. All right. I got one from DePistol, 1970. Brian, if you wanted to make your chess pieces match the beautiful board you made, you could just add a wood base to the bottom of the existing pieces in the same wood used for the board. Okay. I, I like that. that idea. So it's sort of like have a transition yeah. from the piece to the base. You can just right. glue it. You know, as long as it's the same diameter, Okay. you have a nice little base. Okay. That's a cool idea. I'll think about that. Um M.G. Shu says, another fun episode. Curious what RC car Brian has. So I have a Traxxas Max. Traxxas Max. There's a lot of X's in there. Two X's in Traxxas and then two X's in Max. So you know it's good when there's oh, extra yeah. X's. Absolutely. The RC car world is filled with sensational. Nice. It's like the it's like it's like your shirt. It's just like that, but in like electronic form that's kind of what goes on in the rc car world um and then we got one from cariana 1058 brian watching the same thing over and over again is a pretty typical neurodivergent thing i think I she's referencing this. you watching With, uh, severance i don't know what you're talking 11, about Eleven thousand times I barely ever talked about that mm-hmm. show um it's great for when you want something to engage your brain and it doesn't take up as much mental or emotional energy as watching something new i do get that There are a bunch of shows I've watched over and over, some of which provide something new with each viewing, which satisfies that deep dive, know all the things urge. I am into that. Mm -hmm. And some of which are just beloved favorites I know I will enjoy, which is perfect for hitting that sweet spot between under and overstimulated. And of course, there's a joy of introducing someone else to something you love and getting to witness their first experience with it. 
I have done that as well. You're crossing off all these boxes. <laughs> this literally is like everything I do in my life. Uh, geeking, geeking out about the same thing as someone else is absolutely one of my love languages. Well, there you go. I would say this probably encompasses like 90% of PenCast viewers, wouldn't you, Drew? Probably. I think we're in good company. <laughs> I think just the nonsense that comes out of our mouth probably falls into that category of like sort of familiar. You might learn something new every now and then, but it's mostly just... Right, white but, noise if, it, but can... <laughs> if, if everything we said was relevant and noteworthy, mm. people wouldn't know when they, they'd get bored of it. It'd be like, yeah, this is all good. But now they It'd have to like hunt. Too much, too much work. To yeah, now they to... have to hunt for it. They have to yeah. find the actual relevant nuggets mm. of information amidst just a, a, a cacophony of garbage. <laughs> so you're it's welcome. It's a good, it's we a good got... tagline for our show. <laughs> Gilead Pencast, cacophony of garbage. <laughs> So there's, a, yeah, there's, a, there's something keep, to that. You got to yeah. keep them hunting. <laughs> Fair enough. It's like an Easter egg hunt. All right. You know, knowledge. Cool. Well, good feedback this week. Uh, let's talk about a couple of new things that we have. Some new stuff, I should. All right. I got a couple of things, Drew. I got some. I got some jellyfish. Like for lunch? Yep. Okay. You know, I like to eat weird things. No, I'm not just uh, uh Jellyfish is the uh, Sailor 1911. That it S. is slim for slim. No, st- no, 1911s. That's the small. Oh, I get mixed up the standard. That's the midsize. Oh, it really mixes me up with the Pro Gear and the 1911, yeah. the way they do it. Anyway, standard, the midsize 1911. These are the jellyfish. So they are in five different colors. And Drew. Well, I guess it's not the midsize, the, is it? It's well, the, no, the it's S. It's the smaller the, one. What is the S? It's, it stands for standard, but oh, it's large and standard. Oh, I should know these. Yeah, the L is the yeah. standard. Yep, sorry, I misspoke. So, You're right. It is a small size. It's it's called standard, but that leads but it's you, the small. But leads you to think that standard means, you know, the mid, but yeah. standard is actually small in this case. Is that like when you go to the movie theater and there's like popcorn? It's like large jumbo super jumbo. Yes. And it's like, well, isn't large small? Like, yeah. how is it large if it's the smallest one? And then there's like, you know. <laughs> you know, American girl size. So it's like, you know, you get that one. Yes. Yeah. Child size. Yes. Right? The size of a small child. That's right. Uh, anyway, so sorry, I misspoke. This is the smaller size one, not the midsize one. So 14 karat nib on this one. Um, but these are translucent color pens with a tiny, tiny bit of shimmer to it. Oh. Tiny bit, just a, a little hint. Um, but it's much more translucent than most of their pens. So it kind of looks like I mean, it's it's definitely more fit and polished than the Sailor Compass, but it kind of looks a little more compassy, right? Mm-hmm. Like with the translucency. Um, but bright, vibrant colors. You have five different colors to choose from. Uh, so w- the color names do not necessarily line up with what colors you might think they are. So I'll say both. You have the O1 jellyfish, which is like a green, kind of like a sap, like an emerald green. Emerald. Okay. Um, you have the violet, which is purple that's it's like, a, close, dark, it's like yeah. a darker purple you have fresh water which is a nice blue very nice aqua uh nice pure blue you have the fried egg which is the one that you're like what is that uh but it's like an amber color yeah. a little bit of orange to it more so orange than brown but an orangey brown mm-hmm. brownie orange and then you have the sea nettle which is red so all nice looking pens they got the sailor gold nibs on them 260 dollars for each of those with a range of nib sizes and then two of them have gold trim and the rest have silver. Correct. So the blue, the green, and the violet one are silver trim. The amber and the, um, what is it, the, the seed nettle, the red one, those are gold trim. Nice. So nice looking. Sailor keeps on coming out with new pens, so you got lots to choose do. from. Uh, and then I also have a new pen. This is a limited edition from Esterbrook. So this is their Esty pen and ink set that's called Nebulous 
Plume, which is a collaboration that they've done with Ferris Wheel Press, which is kind of cool. So you've got some different packaging that looks really nice, some Ferris Wheel influence going on there for sure. Heavy. And then you get a bottle of Ferris Wheel Press ink to go with it. I think this ink is unique to the pen, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's like a blue shimmery yeah. situation. Yeah, um, but the ink, or sorry, the pen material itself is wild looking. Very. It's like it six colors incredible. in there. It's yeah, a lot. it's like a rainbowy kind of, you know, just uh, uh, sw- swirly sort of shimmery goodness. So, um, full range of nibs, extra fine through 1.1. Uh, it's three fifty five for that pen, um, and if even if you're not interested in it, you should go check it out because the material looks incredible. And that's what I got, Drew. How about you? Uh, we have a new shown design pen <gasps> on the website right now, Brian. A shown design. Yes, I love it. Skipping some of those letters. I love it. Yes. Yeah, so right now, the shown design pocket six in the dark matter Ooh, material is um, so cool. We have a short, exclusive, limited quantity sort of arrangement with Mm -hmm. Ian Schoen, who makes all of these pens in his Philadelphia workshop. So these are made in America pens, uh, soup to nuts, as they say, Mm. Um, other than the uh, nib and the feed, which are Yovo nibs and feeds. But uh, other than that, it is a made in USA product. It is very sturdy, very, very well manufactured. And um, Ian has very, very high standards for himself. So the machining is top notch really nice and the dark matter pattern is sweet yeah love that pattern this isn't our first exclusive with him we did two other pens mm-hmm. but they both since sold so it's yeah. not it's not like these are available all the time. no we'll just have them on our site and then once we're out he'll be selling them again so mm-hmm. you'll you'll still be able to get it but right now you can get it from us so yeah. hooray we he doesn't do a lot of retailer pens like it's kind of like you know how we have a franklin Kristoff like once a year mm-hmm. basically it's kind of like a special deal it's sort of like that, except it's not as formal as like, yeah, it's, it's not it, as regular. It's like a newer thing he's trying. Right. Out. And Franklin yeah. Christoph doesn't just start stocking that pen as soon as we're done with it either. Well, so. that's, true. that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not a, it's a limited exclusive situation, but not like a pen that only we have. But anyway, you can get it if you want to. It's a cool pen. Yeah. 170 bucks there. Um, it's the shortest pen we currently have on our website when it is capped. Um, and then it is a full size with a number six nib when it is posted. So very, very big you know, capped to posted differential there. So it's great for on the go traveling and you're not going to break it. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, we've got another Estabrook uh, available to us. This isn't a brand new pen, but it's new to us. It's the JR Beleza. And this is also a wild, crazy combination of colors. Not as wild and crazy as the SD that Brian spoke about, but it's up there. Um, That one is going to uh, be available at 175.50. But um, it is a much smaller pen. So if you're looking more in the small range, this does have a lot of pizzazz and flair going for it. So check that out if you'd like. And we are also going to be uh, right around this time when uh, this video publishes, if not later in the day when this video publishes, we will have available the Diamine Green Edition inks. So fresh from the 2022 holiday season ink vent calendar come the full-size 50 mil Diamine uh, Green Edition inks in the full bottle. So we've got all 25 this year. In previous years, we've kind of uh, picked and chosen a little bit from the ink event calendar lineup, but this year we went all out. We're doing the entire 25 inks. So let us know which ones you like the best. We are curious because uh, we don't really know because these inks have only <laughs> been available in calendar form yes. um, up until now. So we're really excited to get those out. We've 
got a lot of good photography happening right now, so you'll have plenty of things to look at. The bottles are so cool. Super on that. cool bottles. They're unique bottles that they only use on the Inkman. They got little feet. Yeah, they're little like feet. Yeah, they look like little lunar landers, like little alien craft. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They do, and these will be available in uh, either seventeen dollars or twenty-two dollars, depending on what's going inside of the ink. The more standard colors are seventeen, and the stuff with the shimmer is twenty-two. One interesting thing about these inks, Brian. Hmm is that they are introducing a chameleon effect within these inks. Mm. So previously, Diamine had done Sheen and Shimmer. Right. Chameleon is a new label that they're adding to some of their inks. And it's essentially Shimmer, but like different sort of color Shimmer, depending on where you're looking at. So like the Shimmer itself. The Shimmer is itself is like multi... Multi... Because there's multi-tonal, which yeah, is no, like this what we is, use this is kind sailor. of like a, you look at it one way, it's silver. You look at it another way, it's blue or something like okay, that. Okay, sort of like a color-shifting shimmer. Yeah. so Like candy paint on a car. Like that kind of iridescent. Not like, as extreme. Not as dramatic but, as that. Yeah, but, but that's like what that they're going kind of, for. That kind of effect. That's what they're going for. Okay. So yeah, I haven't had a lot of experience with it since you know it is a pretty new thing. But they're going for it. Yeah. So some of those will be available. Um, okay. We'll have those labeled too. So you can see which ones are which. Very cool. And then finally, I mentioned this last week when we were talking about the artists responsible for some of our sticker designs. And I mentioned Mary Nye, uh, Maxon Draws on Instagram. She gave us some new stickers. I mentioned and sh and teased out some images of those cute little dragons. Well, those are available today. Um, as we're recording this, they're in the building. So I know we have them. Yeah. Um, we are going to launch those published day for the pencast. So check those out. Those are $4 a piece. If you want a cute little dragon hugging a grail pen or a cute little dragon guarding a pen hoard, you can get both or one if you'd like. Either would be a wise choice and they're only available here. Awesome. That's the new stuff. Cool. You can check out more new things, stuff that's coming up, stuff that's on sale. We got that on our website in the top menu navigation there. You can click on each of those. All right. Shall we get in some Q&A? Oh yeah. Let's do it. Okay, first bit of feedback this week comes to us from C.V. Krishna Kumar. Mm -hmm. And we're going to answer, what are the benefits of eyedropper fountain pens? It's a good question because it's not always clear why people eyedropper pens. In oh, fact, I'll, it's easy for me to answer. I mean, it's easy for us, but like... Because the answer is none. Not... <laughs> Whoa, strong words, Drew. Tell me how you really feel about them. You got to convince me that eyedroppers make you really any sense Are all. you really that anti-eyedropper? I am so anti-eyedropper. Oh I don't gosh. understand why people do it. I mean, some wow. pens are made for it. I get that. And that's fine. Okay. If so I you're... have like an Emperor or an Opus 88, great, okay. sure, no problem. But you don't think it's a hack? No, never. Okay. Well, you're you're jumping the gun a little bit here on some of my you premeditated you, bullet points I'm, that I have. I'm here. coming into a, this in a, in, with an open mind. Okay. I'm, I'm ready to learn, Brian. All right. So there are some benefits. Do tell. And there are some drawbacks. I'm not going to lie. I'll cover both. Okay. <laughs> so I know the question's just asking about benefits, but there are some drawbacks that are very real that I think will be very well justified into Drew's position here. So I'm, I'm not in opposition here. <laughs> But I think that's up to each person to make their own. It'd be more fun if you were in opposition, though. Well, daggone it then. I think you should <laughs> eyedropper everything you possibly there can. You Just take epoxy, <laughs> fill in every hole, every loose part of your pen. Every hole in every lobby every, safari. Every single pen should be made into an eyedropper. <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Uh, no, I'm kidding very much. Um, though I have epoxy pens before to make them eyedropper. You have? I have done this before, yeah. What pen? What pen? Well, we'll get into it later. Oh, my God. We'll okay. get into it a little All right, bit. I'm, okay. I'm, 
So consider me enticed. Um, as as Drew has already noted, there are some pens that are designed to be eyedropper only. Um, so there are some that are not designed to be, but they are eyedropperable essentially as a hack. Uh, and I'll speak to both of these. So um, eyedropper pros, okay? Reasons why you may want to consider eyedropping, right? Um, one is you pretty much get on all pens that are eyedroppered, you get a very large ink capacity. Now, is that a benefit to everybody? Not necessarily, but you're gonna get probably four to six times as much ink as you would in a typical cartridge, maybe more, depending on the volume inside the pen. Um, it's a pretty meaningful difference. It's not like you're just getting slightly more, you're getting magnitudes more ink in that pen. So if you don't like to refill your pen very often, if you have like a particular ink that you just love and you wanna use that all the time, there's a case to be made that a super large ink capacity could be handy. You know, that's one point. Um, it's relatively simple in its design and the number of parts that are in the pen, especially when you compare it to something like a piston or a vacuum where you might be looking for a larger ink capacity. An eyedropper pen is elegantly simple. You just need the pen body and a way to keep it sealed. And then you just fill the whole darn thing with ink. There's not really a lot else that has to be going on inside of that pen. So you can keep it pretty simple. And then thusly cleaning it can also be pretty easy because there's not a whole lot of malarkey to work around as you're cleaning it out. Um, you can also save some money. So this not so much on the pens that are designed to be eyedropper because I think, you know, pens like the Opus 88, like the Emperor. I mean, the Emperor, how in the heck would you even Can't really say convert that to anything. Well, it, in like the Emperor, it only comes as eyedropper. But if you're like, oh, well, if they put a piston in it, like maybe it would cost a little bit more. But it's such an expensive pen. It's like, who cares? Um, but for the ones where you're doing the hack, I'm thinking specifically like the one that was like when I first got into fountain pens that everybody was eye dropping was a platinum preppy. Right. Right. That converter now costs what, like $12 or something like that. It's like twice the cost it's of like the pen. 75 bucks. I think these days <laughs> it's getting there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> Give it's, it a couple of years. Now it is a stout converter. I'll say I, it's, it's a, my favorite converter. It's one, yeah. It's, it's arguably Love it. a fantastic converter. However, it is an investment. Yeah. And if you have a preppy or a profonte or something that's like a relatively inexpensive, so a pen that costs less than, than a converter, yeah. you could argue like maybe you just want to eyedropper that thing. Cause then you could buy like two or three pens and eyedropper them for the price of adding a converter. So there's a case to be made there. So sometimes you can save money. Um, and then, you know, as I kind of mentioned, they're, they're fairly easy to clean. It's maybe a little more involved than a cartridge converter, especially if you're using a bulb syringe, that gets pretty handy. Um, so you can still use a bulb syringe on an eyedropper pen because in order to use the eyedropper, you have to basically unscrew the body like you would a cartridge converter pen anyway. So you can still flush with the bulb syringe. So that is a huge plus. But then you just are left with like an empty cavity of the pen that you got to clean out. But it's all open in there. So, I mean, it's relatively easy. I mean, it's, I guess, a little more complicated if you've got some kind of stopper in there like the Opus 88 or like the Emperor. But those you can unscrew and you can just move it out of the way. So it's it's not that complex. Right. So it's easier than a vacuum, easier than a piston. You can basically just fill the thing halfway with ink and like shake it up and dump it out. Or you can like get a Q-tip in there, cotton swab or whatever. And then just kind of just yeah. swap it all around or, and get or, it out. Or, a, you know, a syringe, you can usually get enough pressure to True. really just kind of blast it all into Yeah, yeah. An ink syringe could be good. If you want a little more control, you can maybe bulb syringe it. But if you're bulb syringing into like the open end of a pen body, you're just going to be like probably spraying water all over yeah. yourself. So I don't really like that technique necessarily. That's more for like flushing water through something. Um, but still, there's a couple different techniques, but it's it's really pretty easy to work around it. 
Okay, so those are most of my pros. There might be a couple others I'm not thinking of, but those are the big ones. Uh, now cons, all right? So just to be fair here, um, probably the biggest con is the potential for it leaking or burping, right? Uh, especially out of the nib. So it's more so when the ink level gets low and you have a lot of air that's left into your like eyedropper portion um, for whatever reason. And there's debate about this among some very smart and knowledgeable like people in the pen world that don't necessarily agree exactly why eyedropper pens will burp. The, the two schools of thought that I hear is that it's related to like the heat from your hand heating up the air inside the pen causes like, you know, a, a differential in pressure and then can make ink burp out of the pen. A case could be made for that. I don't know if like scientific studies have been done about this. Probably not that I'm, not that I'm aware of. Um, but some of the argument too is that just when you have a small degree of, you know, water, liquid, ink um, that's in there and there's a lot of air as well, it just creates like an instability of the surface tension that can do it. So it's the same effect as to whatever reason as to why it's happening is up for debate. But either way, it's somewhat inconsistent. It doesn't happen with every pen. And it's something that if you're using a relatively full eyedropper pen may not happen as much, but as it gets emptier and emptier, you might have a little more instability. And depending on the design of the pen and how well it handles the eyedropper conversion, you might get some leaking and burping. And then you could make the case that like, well, if you have to have the pen filled at least halfway so it doesn't burp, then why does it really matter if it has a large ink capacity? Because you're not really getting to fully utilize that truly large ink capacity. And I'm like, yeah, okay. That could, that could, I can see that side of it. Um, but it's not like every single eyedropper pen will start burping. You know, it's like, it's more likely to happen to the point where, you know, probably for some people it just gets frustrating. Um, or if you're like traveling with the pen, maybe if you're changing altitudes, if you're changing temperatures, like if it's really hot in the summer and you're in your car and you come into an air conditioned building, or if it's like wintertime, it's the opposite, you know, you can get more instability of the ink in there with changing temperatures, mainly because the temperature that's inside the, the, the pen, like if the ink level is really low, that can create a, a pressure differential pressure differential that can then cause more ink to like burp out. And it's usually not like terrible. It's not like it's going to be shooting out of the pen like a fire hose, but it's more like it'll just kind of like drip into the cap and kind of get on the grip. And then you go to use it and you get ink on your fingers and it's more just annoying, right? Um, so there's that. That's probably the biggest drawback is the potential for that to happen. Um, but also, you know, when you're, especially if you're eyedropper converting a pen, it's not designed to be eyedroppered. You know, you're, you're taking a pen that was made for some kind of cartridge or converter filling mechanism, and you're trying to seal it up somehow kind of as your hackable self, and you're taking an, uh, an O-ring or maybe some silicone grease on the threads, and you're trying to seal that up. Well, you know, that could be imperfect. Your O-ring could break, or you could not seat properly. You could you know, have silicone grease that's not applied consistently. You know, you could get grease on your hands as you're writing with it, that can happen. You can get grease if you're really sloppy with it, you can get the grease on like the back of the feed and then it can impede your ink flow, that's really bad. Um, but it is fixable. Um, but honestly, it's like the bigger issue is if you, ink can like work its way through any of the threads, especially on some pens that have like really fat threads. You know, definitely some pens eyedropper better than others. Oh, yeah. Really, really tight threads are good. If you got really big sloppy threads and you just throw silicone grease on there, you know, ink could definitely work out of those threads. You're and trusting the silicone grease a lot. You are, you are. So I always like to have some kind of backup system, yeah. like either like 
an o-ring and silicone grease mm -hmm. and then maybe like if you travel with it like having it in some kind of pen case maybe like a ziploc bag even if you're gonna be like flying you know just kind of be prepared like if this thing were to leak its entire contents out how bad would that be mm -hmm. and just maybe kind of plan for that but that's something that you have to think about when you eyedropper convert which to stay kind of your case of it drew is like do you really want to have to worry about that maybe not probably not for most people um, and then it's just a slightly more involved filling process. Um, so you have to fill it with some kind of device, you yeah. know, some kind of ink syringe, an eyedropper, something like that. It's an extra just thing that you need to have. Now, you know, it's not like a terrible thing because if you fill cartridges or something like that, I mean, you might have that stuff kind of out already. But I'm thinking especially like if you're going somewhere and, you know, if you're if you're taking your pen somewhere and you want a really high ink capacity, you know, like if you're traveling somewhere or whatever, Maybe you're bringing extra ink, maybe not. But if you are, then it's like an extra apparatus you have to bring with you that doesn't really store as easily, you know? So it's just an extra thing to have to think about. Depending on your pen, if it's an emperor, you could probably dump an ink sample into there pretty safely. But 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 if it's true, a, but it's risk, you know, there's that, risk to yeah. any of that. But I've then never, you're like, you could also end up pouring ink all over your beautiful Urushi design, so. Yeah, which it can take it, you sure. know? Like it's made to repel that kind of yeah. stuff. But still, yeah, it's, you know... It's just an extra thing. It's just an extra thing that yeah. you think about. Um, yeah, and then I already mentioned like the extra, the silicone grease thing. If you're using that to seal it up, you could get it on your fingers or get it on your pen or whatever. And that's just kind of annoying. So those are some of the drawbacks, right? So there's some pros. There's some very real cons as well. Yeah. So it's not like I'm like hardcore, like everybody should eyedropper. To me, when I first, I mean, when I, when I bought my very first batch of pens before we even sold fountain pens, I bought a Platinum Preppy, and I bought a Quaco Classic Sport because I heard that people were eyedropper converting those and I wanted to try it for myself. Now, both of those pens eyedropper convert pretty well. So I had yeah. a pretty good experience right off the bat. Okay, with good those. threads. Yeah, good threads, you know. Um, and so both of those will do pretty well. But I will say I experienced some of the drawbacks uh, with each of those pens as well. So I'm kind of on the fence. It's like if you, it's like anything else. If you have a personal preference and you're willing to deal with the hassles of it, then you know if those outweigh the, the pros, then maybe don't do it. But yeah. if the pros outweigh the cons, then you'll probably enjoy the aspects of it. So it's really up to everybody. But I don't know. To me, it's like I like hacking things. I like just being yeah, able to. Yeah, I can to, see that being appealing to yeah, you. Yeah, just like let me see if I can do it, and yeah. I'll try it and be like, okay, that's cool. I can do it, but. Yeah, not like practical. Yeah, I, like I, there have been a lot of times where we've been talking about products and we're like, yeah, this doesn't have a removable grip section or no, this doesn't have a removable feet. And Brian's like, let me say it. <laughs> like, <laughs> let, let me, let me are say you it. sure oh, about that? I don't know. I don't know. Sure? There's <laughs> probably say. a way. Let me say. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. I agree with you. I do. Um, and I don't hate odd droppers. I just think the cons outweigh the pros for the most part. For most people, I yeah. would say that's the case. Too. One other thing I meant that I noticed while you were talking about the cons is mm. that sometimes I've found if I, you know, in my limited experience have eyedropper converted something, sometimes while the outside of a pen might be polished to a nice you know, you know, sheen, mm. the interior of the pen, especially if they're made by independent makers. If it's made from a cast resin, not yeah, like an injection mold. Might yeah. not be quite as polished. Probably won't be um, as polished, yeah. So that can create a little bit of a texture mm. that ink could get a little hung up on, potentially might stain a little bit more easily and more difficult to clean as well. So mm -hmm. it's good to take into account what type of pen you're eyedroppering. <clears throat> um, something like a preppy won't have a problem with that because the inside is polished just as much as the outside. Mm, but if you're but if you're going with like, you know, potentially a Franklin 
Kristoff or an Edison, something that the outside is the polished part and the inside, you know, it could be eyedroppered, but yeah. the inside isn't polished to the extent that the outside is. Um, you might see some, especially if it's a semi-translucent pen, you might see some residual stuff in there yeah. that might be hard to get out. And I'll say that like when it comes to cleaning it out, where the frustration comes from is if you're trying to get it like perfectly clean because yeah. you're essentially getting it into like all the nooks and crannies, right? Yeah. So the people that I know that are more on the like pro eyedropper side are ones who are pretty much keeping a dedicated ink to a pen. And so it's like if there is any slight staining or anything right. like that or like not even staining necessarily, but just lingering whatever, lingering, you know, uh, dye, just kind of stuff that like is is that can be removed, but it's kind of a pain to truly remove it. They they usually just keep it inked up all the time with that color and just enjoy it and don't worry about changing colors out all the time. Because that's not really, you know, it's like any vacuum pen or any like larger ink capacity pen, they're kind of the most of a pain to switch color ink colors out of constantly anyway. It's not really what they're designed for. Yeah. So I think it depends on how you're using the particular pen too, um, you know. But anyway, yeah. So there you go. There Hopefully you go. that helps you out. Um, yeah, CB. All right. Drew, I got a question for you. This is a heck of a question. So it's, a, it's like a novel. Anyway, Veronica. Well, you don't have to read this second part. That was just for you. Oh, I didn't know if that was like a publicly read. No- I have a little note. I mean, you could, here. but it's just it's a lot of unnecessary stuff. Yeah. The, Veronica here asked a question and then gave me some guardrails. Yeah. So um, I appreciate that. But Drew's taking this question, so we'll see. We'll see how much I need to add. Um, so anyway, uh, a couple of questions. What to look that makes certain steel nibs write smoothly out of the box, especially finer tip ones? But unlike Drew, I'm the person that writes my way, and I don't conform to the pen. So like the universal remote kind of nibs, but want to branch out my collection a little. Also, what would you say are the most universal remote gold nibs currently? So universal remote. I've never heard anybody refer to pens or pen parts as universal remotes. Yeah. So Veronica, not a nib chameleon. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely a nib something else. Uh, But hey, that is totally fine, Veronica. You are well within your rights to just say pens need to fit me. And that's fine because we can find a pen for you. Um, Mm -hmm. First of all, I will say if you're looking for a very versatile nib that will, you know, pretty much be okay with a little bit of rotation, some funky hand positions you probably want to stay away from stub nibs. Um, <gasps> stub nibs. But they're so fun. They are, Brian. I like them. They are. I do too. But they are more sensitive to rotation. They are. Um, and more sensitive to placement of your angles than a conventional nib would be. Stub nibs are, they're kind of anti-authoritarian. Yes. They're a little contrarian. They, they're like, no, nah, they're like, no, nah, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Yeah, Veronica, and I You're going to change yourself. To yeah, I believe me. Veronica would find herself at odds with a stub nib. It would be, you know... There are going to be some stubs that are going to be friendly, that would be friendlier con- than others. That would be a contentious relationship, I think, it Veronica. It's, so, it's fraud. It's um, fraud. It is. So you could probably make it work. I'm sure every relationship just, some, just takes good communication. Some but couple, couples therapy with, yeah, a, with a nib meister, But I maybe. think for now, why don't we just not worry about stub nibs? Um, so this is probably going to be a predictable answer for most of you. but It depends. I, well, that's that, that would be the most, yeah, the second most predictable answer would be pilot. If this was my question, I yeah. would just be, it depends. No, yeah. Anyway. My, yeah, so the predictable answer is going to be pilot. Uh, <clears throat> we know that pilot produces some of the most consistent nibs in both steel and gold. Um, 
they just have it figured out. Not only are their nibs um, like perform consistently, but you'll find that the nib size and the tipping is really, really consistent as well from a production standpoint. Yeah. So overall, those are going to agree with you, I think, the most times. Like if you had 10 people with 10 completely different writing styles, Pilot would be the brand that I think is going to hit like 8 out of 10 of those or 9 out of 10 of those, um, maybe even 10 out of 10 more so than any other brand I can think of. So I'm going to have to say pilot there. There's a reason for, why it's so popular. Yeah. They, because it, it meets most people's needs. They just have it not, they just have it dialed in yeah. and then, you know, that's great. And, um, there, as far as smoothness, uh, I know that Veronica here is looking for something, you know, not like butter smooth, but not scratchy either. I think pilot, you know, rests, you know, in between that. And the great thing is if you did want to go with an extra fine pilot, that might be a little quote unquote scratchy, but because it's a Japanese nib, you could probably go with a fine and get that same approximate line width as you would, you know, find, you know, somewhere else as an extra fine. So Mm -hmm. I think you're gonna be able to get the line width you want and avoid some scratchiness in the meantime. Did mm-hmm. you have something you were going to say? I was going to say that I think that the the pilot smoothness, it's probably, you know, it's it's definitely a little more on the smoother side, especially if you compare it to like a Sailor or a Platinum. All the Japanese nibs are phenomenal. Um, and they're all, they're all quite consistent. They do a yeah. great job with that. But I think pilot is the smoothest of the three of them. But I would say like, you know, there's definitely some people who are like, I want the melted butter on glass or whatever the, that, that kind of thing. I don't think that's most people though. I think most people want a little bit of feedback, just a bit, mostly smooth, but just with a touch, just so you're not like slipping and sliding all over the place. Yeah. Most people are like, I'm a little more on the slippy slidey side, but I found that like most people, they're not, they're not as into that. So I think, I think that's another reason why Pilot's so popular is it, it hits that smoothness, toothiness scale like where most people want it it is really balanced and i was in both steel nibs and the gold nibs i'd say that um in both and you did mention Mm. the most universal remote gold nibs um i would say pilot would be the choice for that as well Mm. i I do think lamy is quite good as well um with their steel Mm. nibs um i just don't i think that their consistency in line width across like if you had 10 extra fines you're not going to get the consistency that you're going to get fines for sure yeah like the mediums and broads and stuff i think are are better i think they're probably the difference is probably just less noticeable well i think i mean because i've asked lami about this before because like we've you know we've heard for kind of off and on over the years that like sometimes the the extra fines and the fines can be a little less consistent more so on the extra fines um and kind of what i learned from them is that like it has to do with the actual tipping so basically like the tipping size that they get like the little the little balls Mm -hmm. that they weld onto there the ones that are extra fine, it's like more like handwork to grind them down. So there's there's more variability. Plus, it's a smaller nib size, so you're gonna you're gonna feel more of that variance. Yeah. So I think it ha- I think it has to do somewhat with the manufacturing process and like the tipping balls that they even have available. But then when the extra fines, there's that additional added factor of some extra handwork. And too. it's a human element, so that's a variable right there. Hundred percent. Yeah. But for so, me, for me though, sorry, I'm, I'm okay. interjecting a lot that's on okay. yours, but um, it's fitting, so I want to get it in there. I feel like their gold nibs are like really smooth, mm-hmm. like more on the smooth side. So I would actually maybe encourage uh, Veronica here to maybe not go for the Lamy gold nibs. Not the 2000 nib, that one's different, but the regular Lamy like slip on. You, you encourage nibs. her to go to the gold nibs. No, because she doesn't want too, she oh, doesn't oh, want oh, too smooth. They might be too smooth I for see, her. Gotcha. So I would say 
maybe not that one. Mm -hmm. Unless you can try one and you see if you like it, that one is more on the smooth end. I agree with that, especially the mediums and bras. Those things just fly. Those are, yeah, they you, fly. Will, you will be, I mean, I love them yeah, because they feel awesome, but I like the slippy slidey all over the place. Yeah, it's like nice. ice. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I would say that, you know, this wasn't one that we uh, read out loud, but in the second part of her message, she did say that she had recently purchased an E95S from Pilot uh, that hadn't yet arrived. So I okay. think that the problem is already solved because... Yeah, she's probably going to like that one. Right. That, that That is a great choice. I think it's almost the perfect pen. If the nib was more easily removable, really? I think it would be. Do you be. like that pen, Drew? It's the first time it's ever come up with a pen. <laughs> I said almost Cross perfect out your pen. bingo card, yeah. Almost perfect pen. If that nib was it's removable, it would be the perfect pen. Mm, are you um, sure it's not removable? And if it take, it could take a platinum converter. I bet it's removable, it would, Drew. Oh, it is, but you, it, it's... I'll just... Yeah. No, we've talked about this. I, you yeah, know, I know. I know. You, you can get I've it I've never off. actually tried to remove it, though, myself. I'm surprised just, at that. Because I've taken your word on it. I know. I need to get in there. No, it's on, it's on rails. Can, um, there's, yeah. there's a little bit of a epoxy that needs to kind of be popped off, you know, but yeah. it'll, it'll... I don't do it. Definitely don't do it. It's not user serviceable. Put no. It that way. But it, no. Brian likes to destroy his pens. Yes. Capable. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say um, pilot. There you go. That's the way to go. And I, I interjected most of my thoughts in <laughs> here okay. already. You got any l- so linger, thank you. Thank you for taking that well, Drew. Um, I would say like German and Japanese brands especially are pretty good. They're really consistent. In fact, I mean, a lot of, I mean, like Argoulet nibs or Yovo, like a lot of a lot of pen brands will use German nibs. They probably would use Japanese nibs too, except all the Japanese makers don't like let anybody else use their nibs. Yeah. Um, but both German and Japanese nibs, like they've really dialed them in pretty good. Um, and for the most part, most of them are kind of in that zone that you're looking for here. Um, so I would say those are both really good places. Japanese pens, kind of like what Drew said, more so in the mediums and broads for what you're looking for. I think some pens with the fine nib would be good, but might start to get a little too scratchy feeling. So just be aware of that. Um, and then, you know, Germans, you could go for an extra fine and that would be more equivalent to Japanese fine. Like you said, yep. I was all pilot. Twisby, I think is also a good option. Um, their nibs are pretty consistent. They're steel nibs. Um, Lamy steel nibs too. Also diplomat, anything Yovo is going to be pretty solid. Um, cause they've got just a hint of that feedback. And then, uh, the Lamy Gold Nibs 2 might be a bit smoother. Pelican, some of their Gold Nibs 2 get pretty smooth. So you may or may not love those. And they're very wet as well. So maybe stick away from some of those Gold Nibs. I find that like most of the European Gold Nibs tend to be like more so on like the super smooth, super wet side. So if you're looking Gold Nibs, maybe lean a little bit more Japanese. And if you're looking for Steel Nibs, I think German there is a good way to go too. So cool. All righty. All right. Question number three from Ross Chase. All right. What is your favorite pen and ink for the year so far? Favorite with a, with a U. In there. Yes. Favorite. I like that spelling better. I know. We should just start doing that in the U.S. I know. Favorite. I, yeah. I'm, yeah, I also just like. In color. I think I would, I would also be totally Classic. fine snapping our way into the metric system as well. We say that. I've actually like. I say I've done research. I've watched a couple of YouTube videos. I think the cost for the U.S., if you think about like all the places where we have- I'm snapping my fingers, Brian. I know, but I said, snap into the metric. I think the estimated cost was like four and a half trillion dollars or something like that. All the road signs everywhere in the Mm -hmm. U.S., like like everywhere where it's like written somewhere in some, anyway. Um, Yeah. Favorite pen, favorite ink of the year so far. Um, 
I'm hoping you have a more interesting answer than me because I haven't been as adventurous this year. I got a few though. I got a few. I, I, I was a little bit more adventurous and perhaps I can kind of plant something to plant make something. you more adventurous. Okay, okay. All right, so give me your, just what you've been using the most this year. Yeah. And then what has come out in 2023 that has been your top pen that has released this year. Okay, so the ones that I've been using probably the most reliably that I've probably, I mean, you can probably guess because I've talked about them the most, uh, Lamy 2000 with a fine nib. Um, I have all different nib sizes, but the fine nib has been my kind of go-to because I've been like taking it to every work conference and everywhere I've traveled. It's a good, just all around note taker. And I just keep it, you know, it's like if I have like, you know, any type of meeting where I'm not needing to write things down in a digital document, I'm pretty much using that pen with my like traveler's notebook. Yeah. It's just a good format. Um, uh, Twisby ALR as well in that Prussian blue. Mm. I think it's got a fine nib on it. I'd have to actually double check, but um, I've been using that one pretty continuously as well. So that one's really good. So those are the, the two pens I've been using the most consistently for my own writing. I've done like nib nooks and I've, I've definitely like written with other pens, but those are the ones that I've been like my everyday carries so far. So not very adventurous, I'm sad to admit, but you know, you, that's what I, I've been using. I think that- I know what I like. You do know what you like. And I like, well, I like all my pens. You do, but, but you, you've got your, your, you've got your standbys. I've been, you've, I've got, been, you've got your Mount Rushmore, your A-team. I think I've been clearing, I've been clearing myself out of like three years worth of, of debt of having inked up pens and not keeping them clean enough. I've really been trying to dig myself out of that. So I've been a little more intentional not to just like ink up everything that comes You have, way. for, for anybody that doesn't know, I mean, most people probably don't know, but since the pandemic has brought, has kind of alleviated itself a little bit and brought everybody back into the office, Brian has been working to deaccumulate a lot of pens that have made his, made their way to his house where he was working remotely back in yeah. the office, having two separate collections, not like having one inked up over here, having a bunch inked up over there. Like it's been a long time. Plus like samples and stuff that we yeah. get of things we don't you, even carry. You and it's Jen been have been working times, I mean. for months yeah, on fun. downsizing, consolidating and organizing yeah. like to the point where your whole office for a while was just covered in various stages of organization. So like- I literally like set up a, Let's set up a folding yeah. table in my office it was, just to have an extra space. It was a to, big like, deal. So that yeah, yeah, his yeah. mind right now is going to be in a very, like, let's let's I'm maintain. Get, I'm getting to a more stable state yes. with that. But so I have not been in as much of like a let me acquire and try new yeah, things. Yeah, no, it know. was crazy for a little while. Yeah, there. yeah. I, I'm, I'm getting there. That was a lot to deal getting with. There. Yeah. Proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm trying. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've definitely stuck more to my, like my standby sure. pens that I've used. Um, inks, I've been a, a little bit more all over the place. Yeah. Like, uh, um, Robert Oster Blue Water Ice has always been a good go-to of mine. I do enjoy that. That's your favorite. Quite a bit. Yep. I do like that. Compaqi as well. I'm using that pretty Old consistently. Favorite. Yeah. Um, so I have some of those, um, but I've, I've been inking up more new pens, especially the new sailors, like the multi-tonals. Yeah, you have been a on lot those. Because I just wanted to experience a lot of those. So I, I, I have a couple, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't even necessarily say I've had any that have particularly floated to the top. Um, so I guess if I had to say like favorite pen, favorite ink, probably like Lamy 2000 with Robert Oster Blue Water Ice. It's just, it's, that's you know, fine. That's a, that's a solid it's a boring, answer. It's such a boring answer, no, no, but, but, but you know, I have enjoyed other things. So I wanted to give a more robust yeah. response. So um, the sailor multi-tonals, Manyo Fuji, Haha, mm -hmm. uh, -ha, which is awesome. Neko Yanagi, uh, Koke, and Hinoki, all great colors. Um, and I've inked up and used all those with, with much enjoyment. Um, 
And then the thing that I, part of the reason why I like Blue Water Ice too is that the Robert Oster bottle is plastic and it's under whatever, it's under the size that I can like fly with it. Ah. So it's a plastic bottle with ink that I can just keep. It seals well. I can just keep it in my backpack and not have to worry about like taking it out when I fly and stuff like that. Not I'm flying all the time, but you know, it's a good go-to. Um, and then my favorite new pen nib for this year uh, has been the Custom 743. Oh, yeah. With the FA nib. Because, like, I rediscovered... So in the black or the verdigris? So I originally got the black. I set the black aside. I didn't actually, like, use it at all. I mean, I did, like, a nib nook sample or whatever. But then I the green one came, and I was like, well, I really want the green because it's mm-hmm. a North American exclusive, and it looks really cool. It's different. Um, and then I... I ended up getting the FA nib on that one too. Yes. And I was like, I don't know if I need both these colors in the FA nib. So the green one wins out for me uh, with that FA nib. And, you know, I like the 823. I like the vacuum filling format. So if it had a vacuum filler, I would like it more. I don't dislike the cartridge converter. You know, it's got the Con 70, which I love. And so I like that. It's easy to clean. Could you just put the FA nib on your 823 though? That's a good question. Not according to Pilot. That would be against their no, warranty policy, Drew. we would want to void your warranty, Brian. Yeah, I, I might have to try that. It's a good thought. Mm. I'll, let you, I'll let you know. I'll report you basically back. just said that's what you wanted. That is kind of what I yeah. want. Yeah. <laughs> well, I really, you know. Hmm. Okay. I'll think about that. Yeah. Mm. I, it would be fun to try that to see. Because it's the same, same size nib. Like, it should just tech, theoretically, technically in an alternate universe where no one violates warranties. Oh, it, heavens no. Uh, that would be theoretically possible. Yeah. I don't think I really... So I got to do that. I got to break my E95S. I got some homework to do, Drew. <laughs> anyway, that's what I got. How about you? Um, all right. So, favorite new pen of mm. 2023. Okay. Definitely the Visconti Mythos Mirage. Oh, uh, yeah. That pen, I know I've talked about it ad nauseum, but... It surprised me so much. I think mm. one of the reasons I do love it so much was that it did just catch me off guard so much because it's mm. a Visconti steel nib. And traditionally, even though I love my Van Gogh and Pollard Willows, the nib was kind of eh. Um, always has been, but I've tolerated it because it's such a beautiful pen. Yeah. This pen looked good and then performed mm. shockingly well. So mm. it, the, whole, the whole year, I've just been just so consistently shocked and re-shocked at how well this pen writes. Do you think it actually writes that well, or is it just that your expectation was so exceeded? I think it. I think it legit writes that well. Mine maybe anyway. Bo- maybe both. Yeah. Mine really because I've 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 got it inked up right now. Like yeah. I, I keep going back to it. So um, it's been a fairly popular pen. Like yeah, it's not like everybody's been hating it and sending them. I back. think it's. I, I I doubt that. I would love to see Visconti do something more amazing this year, but I would be so surprised if that was not the best thing Visconti does in 2023. I think it was just the right direction for them to go. I think it was smart, well-designed. I'd love to see more colors in it. Hmm. I think they killed it with that pen. So that's definitely my favorite new pen okay. of the year. All right. um, might end up being my favorite pen of the year overall. We'll see. Mm. The mm. year's only halfway done. I don't know. We'll see. Um, as far as an old pen that I got that I've been using the heck out of, I finally obtained a Pilot Stargazer through <sighs> the kindness of someone else this year. Mm. Um, a that's white a cool Stargazer, pen. and I have not wanted to put it down. I love it so much. I've got mm. a little um, – I've got the uh, – um, the uh, uh, 8-bit inventory, like, mm-hmm. Retro 51 size pouch oh, yeah. with my E95S and my Stargazer in it. And it's just my, like, my little pen pouch. And it makes me <laughs> just so happy. Those two together are just, like, my little champs. That's awesome. Love that pen. Um, so that's that's a highlight. 
and then I have my um, uh, this one. Uh, so this is a um, Pilot Custom Impressions LE that I've had for a long time. Yes. Um, when I got it, um, it was pre-owned. It someone had Waverly'd it. So had turned up the nib, mm -hmm. customized. I never liked that part of it. Really? Okay. Um, so I had it unwaverlyed last year at the DC show, mm. and it was better, um, but not not. I kept writing with it over a couple months, and it was better, but not exactly the way I wanted it. Hmm. So I got it tuned again Whoa. this year in Chicago, and now it just writes flawlessly, mm. and I love it so much. I have not wanted to put it down since I got back from Chicago. So two two. It took two different, uh, you know, nib professionals to unwaverly this thing. Wow. But now it's great. I couldn't be more happy with it. So this one is another, another one this year that I just have been completely blown away by or re-blown away. It's always been a favorite, but I've always wanted it to write a little bit better. Mm. So love that. Um, and uh, yeah, as far as ink goes, um, this is not a new, that's not a new ink that was released in 2023, but it was a new ink to the Goulet Pen Company yeah, in 2023. Question, the question wasn't about what's the I'm new. I'm making up my own arbitrary rules. Yeah, um, just what's been the, your favorite this year. Yes, this is a caveat to my own arbitrary rules. Fair enough. Uh, Ferris Wheel Press, buttered popcorn, by far. Love that ink so much. Makes me so happy. I wish it smelled like buttered popcorn. That's the only thing that it's lacking. <laughs> but it's the best yellow. It looks great. It's legible. It shades. It's not too orange because obviously any legible yellow needs to be a little orange just to mm. just so you can see it. But it's not too yeah. orange. Still looks yellow. Mm. So love that one. Definitely my number one new yeah. ink of 2023. Not a, not a shock. And the <laughs> ink that I've used most this year that was not released this year is Dymine Winter Spice from the 2021 uh, Inkvent event. Right. Um, so the uh, red edition. No. Blue, which was the first one? No, red edition. First red. one was blue. Yeah, so this is yeah. the red edition. Mm -hmm. Um, so brown ink, blue shimmer, mm -hmm. green sheen. All three of my favorite colors, wrapped up in one ink. Mm -hmm. Ain't nothing to beat it. Love that ink so much. Nice. And I hadn't used it until this year. Hmm. I don't know why. It's like my like the, the best ink, just chilling there, waiting for me to discover it. This is on. why I don't use full bottles, Brian. I get it. Because every now and then I just use a sample of something. I'm like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Where has this been all my life? Right. I am I am discouraged, actively discouraged to ever buy a full bottle of anything because I always just discover new things and new things and new things. Yeah. So you're, I just You're not alone in that. <laughs> why would I buy a full bottle? There's there's who know what's around the river bend, Brian. So I will buy full bottles of special editions. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm like, okay, I can't get that anymore. That's fair. That's you know, fair. so like the Pelican Pelican Inks of the Year mm. and things like that. Uh, or I will do it if it's like a standby ink that I know I'm going to use a lot. You know, my Diamine Marines, my Diamine Blue Velvets, the Sailor Conpeckies. But there's always a better, there might be a better blue out there. Yeah, but I'm going to enjoy that one that, yeah, over and over again. True. And it's like, I'm going to keep going back to those standbys. So I like to have a full bottle so that it's always there when I need to go back to it. You know, Every I mean? time I've almost bought a full bottle, like I would buy a bottle of winter spice but like maybe there's a better one out there like i feel like as soon as i commit mm. to one i'm going to discover another one i'm going to just end up with an ink bottle hoard and i don't want that oh well i've definitely got that i so. know i know you're a cautionary tale <laughs> i built a whole shelf in my office for that and i have a bookcase that's half filled with ink so yeah, yeah okay I, I do have a bottle that's of, valid <laughs> i do have a bottle of butter popcorn though I have one of those old of Ferris wheel press bottles that look like a hand grenade. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of the big ones, yeah. like the 80 mil or yes. whatever it is. Yes. I mean, that's kind of cool too, right? That's the only time an eyedropper pen 
is good is when you just need to use up a lot of ink. No, that's, actually, yeah. that's not an eyedropper pen. That's uh, no, yeah, that's not that. That'd be more nib related than capacity yeah. related. I don't yeah. know what I'm talking about. You anyway, need a, you need a flex pen with that thing. Yeah, just a gusher. Yep. Yeah, brush pen. Bru- yeah, there you go. <laughs> All right. There you go. Well, that's it for me. You want to move on to number yeah. four? All right. <clears throat> HKTZ1 asks, would you consider taking the week off and letting Rachel and Shannon host a show together? That would be something. We would consider it. But oh, they, no, I would love to. They wouldn't consider no. <laughs> it. I think they wouldn't even want Shannon, to hear it. Shannon does not like fountain pens at all. I give her crap about it all the time. I'm like, honey, <laughs> just try it. She's like, oh, it's fine. It's too wet. She won't even, Brian, I probably told you this. She won't even use rollerballs because they're too wet. Oh, my gosh. She likes dry, terrible ball points. I know. It's been very difficult. Wow. Our marriage has been so strained because of this. Um, No, not really. But, Mm. yeah, she likes ball points. Uh, We were, we were, um, we, I'll get into this later during the what's happening, but we needed, we were at Target and we didn't have a pen to sign the birthday card in the car on our way to the party, you know. Oh, boy. So we had to just pick up a pen at Target. Um, why I didn't have a pen because we weren't in the black car; we were in the oh, red you're car. In her car. So okay. yeah. I keep a, I keep a retro in the black car. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I was like, "Ooh, how about this nice G 2 She's like, "No, nah, I don't like those." I was like, "All right, what about this pilot? It's made from recycled water bottle. You remember those? Yeah, right? yeah. The, I was like, "This is a solid yeah, pen." pen to bottle nope, or didn't want that anyway. She ends up buying because Archer was into this too. The crappiest little like multi pen ballpoint thing with like smelly ink. I'm just like, God, oh. it wrote so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, for the same price, she could have got a pack of two G2s. And yeah. just, oh, my God. It I mean, just you can get, me. like, finer G2s. You can get ones that are not so wet. You can get, like, a point a point three eights. Those are uh, those are not wet. They, mm. they smear, though. She doesn't like anything that could smear. I know. But anyway, my point is, like, not everybody the only can, thing that Shannon and Rachel would probably sit here and talk about would be, like, Disney Dreamlight Valley. Like They would talk about some of that for sure. They would, <laughs> they would that talk the whole time about that. And... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So it it might be a little boring, or they would just make fun of us the whole time, which is something they also could talk that about. Val- that's also valid. They There's could talk fer- fertile grounds. There. Yeah, they could talk a lot about that. They really could. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. Maybe we yeah, should. Terrible idea. No. Nope, sure let's not do that. Um, um, well, to be fair, there was a di- additional question. So, yeah. Uh, HKTZ1 said, "No, really. My question is, what is your dream collaboration with a manufacturer, not including individual pen makers? Dream manufacturer. Okay. So." Um, all so right. like major manufacturer, okay, dream so, pen. So I'm going to read this like if we collaborated with a manufacturer, what would be the yeah. dream pen? Yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, we talked about last week um, mm-hmm. doing like a crazy Lamy 2000. Mm-hmm. That would never happen because they are- Never they, say been, never. They've been making that pen forever and they're probably not going to do anything crazy and wild, but that would be cool if never we could do never. like a an exclusive clear- uh, polycarbonate that would be amazing yes please or an, an ultem lamy 2000 can you imagine how cool that would be that would be amazing jeez uh torlon lamy 2000 Ooh. please and thank you mm. um so yeah that would be amazing crazy lamy 2000 um not metal i do not want a metal 2000 i know that the stainless well, steel metal is, 2000s. i know i don't like it it's i don't heavy. want it's i don't heavy. no i don't want a brass i don't want a copper i don't want I do titanium not, would that that would be lighter no no i don't want a metal 2000 aluminum Mm-mm. I don't. Gold. Solid gold. Would you take a solid gold? <laughs> it, can I sell it? Lummy 2000 <laughs> if it was given to you. <laughs> now. Um, okay, here we go. Pilot. Sterling Silver. Goulet Pen Company. That would be cool. Ooh, actually. that would be cool. That would be That would be cool. That would be kind of cool. But the, the, the coin nerd in me likes that. Bronze. What about bronze? That would be cool. 
Yeah. With that solid bronze though. I don't, I don't know. know. That would be pretty. That would be freaking heavy. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Sorry. <laughs> Goulet pilot collaboration. Mm. Pilot stargazer with Ooh. Urushi and Rodden. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I've never seen a uh, snap cap Urushi pen, I don't think. Um, Like an actual Urushi, not like, you know, the preppy wah. Like the, the Nippon Art, do they have? No, those they, are threads. Those are threads. They have a plastic version, a plastic body, ver- like a resin version that's not, it's not metal. Um, the Nippon Art is uh, there's resin. Two, there's two different versions. Uh, the... Well, they have two different versions. They have, uh, I can't remember. There's like a simple, simple version of the Nippon art that we don't carry. I don't think it's brought into the U.S. Oh. That is, I don't know if it's Snapcap. Okay. Either way, Stargazer needs to happen. Hmm. Snapcap, Rodden, mm, delicious. Goulet exclusive. Would you Give do Rodden like the, um, like the Galaxy VP with like the sprinkles of yes. Rodden? So it would look kind of starry. Yeah, or the water surface. Like one, one of those VP patterns mm. would be just fine for me. Okay. Um, but it's called the Stargazer, so maybe just like a sprinkling. I think the galaxy, like the, yeah. yeah, the little like you know, yeah, yeah, it's just a little salt bay, little, yeah, little like a scattering that kind of like uh, <laughs> con- con- convenes on yeah. the center point. Yeah. yeah, I'd be super into that. Please, yes. that would be that would be pretty. Give cool. it to me. That's a solid answer. All right, um, now I'm working my way up to number one. So oh. that was number three. Number two, the Visconti Divina in the volcanic resin. Ooh. Because listen to this, Brian. I'm going to say something to you. And just, just close your eyes. Okay. Lava Divina. Right? It just rolls off the tongue. Lava Divina. Lava Divina. Lava Divina. That does sound pretty Look, good. This is I'm not going to lie. Lava Divina. Oh, you love it. <laughs> Lava Divina. I can tell if you're being offensive right now. I feel it's very genuine. It just, it, but. It, it just sounds so beautiful. <laughs> So yeah, why not that Lava be, Divina? That would be pretty cool. Mm. Would you do? Would you have the inserts like the the inlays, or would you just do? I would have the lava, bronze inlays. So you go for like a bronze, bronze age, age, yes, Lava Divina. God yeah, that, oh, that's pretty solid. Yes, that's a solid. I tell you, Visconti is just they are sitting just, on a gold mine. They are. They're, they're they've got the <laughs> lava. They're just like, no, only homo sapiens. And they've got this, like, in case of emergency, break glass. Mm. And if they wanted to, they could break that glass and put lava on everything. But they don't want to do it. They're waiting. I wonder if the material, like, in the Divina, I wonder if their material would be too thin. Like, if it wouldn't be, like, strong enough uh, in the Divina format with that material. To do the inlays or to do the curves? Any of it. I don't know. Mm, maybe. that That's the only reason I... That's the only reason on my mind that I can Maybe. imagine why they wouldn't want to make this well, then give amazing me, idea of a yeah. pen. Give me a Mirage. <laughs> give me an Opera Master. I don't care. Do more lava. More lava. What about your, 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 the one, the Mythos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that in the lava. Why not? Yeah. Give me lava. Would you be into that? Yeah. Give me lava. I don't care. Goulet lava. Exclusive. Lava. Please. Lava Thank everything. you. Number one, though. Hmm. Best collaboration ever. Goulet X Namiki Emperor Corgi Kaiju Monster. <laughs> this thing obviously obviously <laughs> uh, giant winged beast corgi yes emerging from a volcano that rich japanese not, japanese not, heritage of the right, corgi but not well yeah. okay they would want a shiba but i want a corgi this is my collaboration so 
not to wreak havoc on Tokyo, Brian, because, you know, sometimes Godzilla doesn't do that. Sometimes Godzilla rescues Tokyo from another monster that's messing up because okay. he's like, okay. oh, only I destroy Tokyo. Anybody else comes and destroys Tokyo, Godzilla's like, no, 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 I ain't mm. having it. Mm. So Corky's going to show up out of the volcano, uh, going to save <laughs> the day from some, you know, worse kaiju. Mm. And uh, yeah, that's what we need. Okay. Eruption, rotten, explosion, Corgi beast. Yeah. Can't beat that. What if you have the Corgi Beast saving Tokyo from Godzilla? Uh, ooh. I mean, yeah, sure. Why not? Hmm? Sometimes Godzilla needs to be stopped. Yeah. He gets too frisky. He thinks Tokyo, you know, needs to be destroyed. It's like if there's not a monster already destroying Tokyo, he's like, well, this, you know, 15 minutes has gone by. Nothing's destroyed Tokyo. I guess I have to do it. It's a dirty job, but somebody's okay. got to do it. Okay. All right. What about you? Is there some pretty solid? Uh, I don't know about that last one, but the, the rest of them are pretty. The last solid, one's true. the best one. What are you talking okay, about? That was a very specific. That's a that's a, like a bespoke design, perhaps. Um, so I said, yeah, dream collaboration. Um, if we're dreaming, I would like to combine collaborations. Why not? Oh, you so do... you're like you're like you're like the the uh, you know um, you know what is it called a like a, ma- a matchmaker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're bringing two two, yeah. two brands together. Yeah, why not? Okay. Why not? If why you not? can if you can collaborate with one brand, why can't you collaborate with two different brands together? All right. Just so so what two brands are you going to bring to the table? Well, why not have a Lamy 2000, a Lamy 2000 uh, do a collab with Namiki and do some Maquier or some Rodden on a 2000. It's one idea. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Um, maybe put some Homo sapiens. <laughs> we had a lot of the same ideas. I'm seeing. I'm, I'm noticing uh, Homo sapiens resin, the lava resin mm-hmm. on a sailor king of pens. Get that amazing, beautiful nib, big pen. Mm. I would like that. Um, or how about this is for you, Drew? I thought of an idea for you. Okay. Uh, design the Montegrappa Chaos pen that incorporates themes from every single Stallone movie that he's ever done. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. How about that? Oh, I'm already I'm already <laughs> rolling, man. Oh, can you imagine? Yeah. You gotta put the three seashells on there for demolition man. Mm-hmm. You have a nice, you know, uh machete clip from Rambo. Mm-hmm. You know, that can be the thing. Yeah. Uh well you could have because you need expendables in there too. And the mm-hmm. clip from expendables already works on the chaos. You gotta work like Judge Dredd in there. So, you uh, do we all don't... the Rockies. Okay, yeah. No, I'm talking full catalog right, here, Drew. I'm not trying to gloss, Okay, let's put the Italian stallion logo in the finial. You know, with the horse, go ahead and do that. Uh, oh, man, the possibilities, Brian. I know. It's a the good idea, right? possibilities. It's a good idea. Oh, yeah. You could do like a, you know, some sort of like Band-Aid somewhere because that thing he wears it wears in Copland. Mm. He's got a broken nose that whole movie. So anyway. Okay. There you go. You know, matchstick somewhere for Cobra. Crime is the disease. He's the cure. <laughs> anyway, that's for Drew. That's just for Drew. He would be the only one that would want that pen. And Stallone. You get two. You get two matching pens. Yeah. There you go. He and I would both like it. He would get the solid gold version. Yes. And you can have the, I'll, I'll, the, I'll more, the more moderate uh, yeah, sterling version. I'm a modest gentleman. Um, no, but I think like more realistically, basically Namiki, something Namiki with lots of rodden. That would just be awesome. I don't even know what that would look like in terms of a theme. I'm creatively bankrupt at this point, but <laughs> just anything Namiki would just be amazing. I would take like literally anything. That yeah, no, agreed. If we're being real, realistic, awesome. like if Namiki was like, hey, you want an exclusive, you know, <laughs> I don't know, toothpick. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I would do it. Um, Quantity of 10, sure. Yeah, I'd be up for a collab with Pilot, like a special VP color. You know, I'm, mm. I'm going a little more realistic here. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool, especially E95S color. Um, 
let's bring the M90 back. Why not? As a Goulet exclusive. Mm-hmm. These are all things we proposed to pilot like halfway as a joke, but also like every time we talk to them, we're like, hey, and they're like, <laughs> how about this? How about that? Yeah, and yeah sure. Bring the M90 back. And That's they're like, nice. okay, they're like, that would be like 600 bucks. And we're like, let's do it. I don't even care. Let's just make it happen. And it's no. Okay, yeah, we'll, um, we'll let you know. <laughs> Um, maybe a special custom 74, 823. Those are meaningful pens. Um, or Lamy would be cool. Special 2000 color or something like that. You know, these are much more practical and like I would literally be up for talking about. So do you really think that if you could put the Visconti volcanic resin on any pen, you'd pick the king of pen? Oh, I don't know. I just threw it out there as an idea. That wouldn't be necessarily be my number one pick. The Davina is a cool idea. I do like that. Well, I mean, if you're, Um, if we're going to another brand then oh man, the possibilities are endless. Yeah. Oh yeah, man, that would be. I think I'm probably thinking a uh, a, a lava preppy. A lava preppy. Yeah, yeah. Eyedropper convert that. Yeah, but with the same amazing. same little tiny steel nib. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, value. Course. Same grip too. That clear oh. grip. So just <laughs> oh, the lava on the body and the cap. Oh, but a clear grip. Oh, I'm gonna have nightmares. Yeah, I like that. I like that, Drew. Oh. <laughs> if they offered it to us, we'd be like, okay, we'll we'll carry it. <laughs> We'd have no choice. We'd have to. Yeah, I'd be into that. Oh, man. That would obviously that's never so happen. Upset. That's upsetting. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's fun. Yeah, fun, it is fun, fun. Fun idea. All right. Cool. All right, we got one more question. We're going to close it off today with John Paul. Mm-hmm. John Paul says, hello, Brian and Drew. Can you discuss polishing the reverse side of a nib with MicroMesh? I've mm. experimented with it on a few pens with good success. I've been able to find reverse writing on several of my pens to be significant, significantly smoother. Have you tried this before? Is it a good idea? Am I in danger of damaging my pens by doing this? To be clear, I've only tried this on steel nibs. So is polishing mm. the reverse side of a nib with MicroMesh a good, bad, or dangerous idea? I think you can do it, but by the time you pull the nib out of the pen and you polish that back side of it, it I don't really know what that's gaining you necessarily. I'm kidding. That's not what he's talking about. Uh, for those of you that don't know, especially if you're on the audio version of the podcast here, when we say reverse, that just means if you like take the pen and basically flip it upside down so that the nib is facing down towards the paper and the feed is facing up towards the sky. So that's what's referred to as reverse writing. Um, and some pens do it more reliably than others. I would say that most pen makers, most you know people who are tuning nibs with their pens, are not flipping them over and smoothing them to be written with upside down like that. Um, They're not specifically not trying to do it, but it's more just like, it's not necessarily how they're made to be written. So it's just extra time that they have to spend. So I think most of them don't really like try to fine tune that. I know some people that when they get a pen, one of the first things they do is to check the reverse writing. Really? I never do it. I I, I just Hmm. did try with my mythos here. And yeah, the reverse writing is fine, and it is writes it, right? it writes yeah. a little bit thinner than the normal one. But I have not even, I've never even tried it. It's not something I do. But some people are like, all right, yeah. how's the reverse writing? It's like well, a very very quick thing they try. Well, maybe we should start there for anybody who's like not familiar as to why you would even want to do this in the first place. So we can back it up just a second. So I'll answer your question, John. Here, um, but why would you want to flip the pen over and write with it anyway? I think it's because for whatever reason, most of the time when you do that, it writes a thinner line. It puts down less ink. Um, and it's just, it probably is just because that's not really how they're tuned. And I think like most, most, uh, pen, you know, manufacturers, when they're trying to tune a nib, you know, they want to have a little bit of a, a downward opening, you know, to, to encourage the capillary action to go down towards the paper. So when you flip it over, you're sort of reversing that a little bit. So, you know, if you have the, 
and I'm, and I'm talking like if you're looking at the slit. So that tipping material, most of the time, they'll open it up a little bit, you know, so that it's got, a, and I'm talking, this, you can hardly see this with your naked eye. It's very subtle. But where the, the, the tip of the nib is touching the paper, if you have that opening up just a tad on the bottom, it's going to encourage the, the capillary action to flow down towards the paper. Well, when you, when you flip that nib over and you're writing on the top, it's going to write drier because it's not, it's not naturally flowing the ink to go towards the top of that tipping. And it's, it's, you're talking such a small amount, like, you know, your average fountain pen nib, if it's a fine nib, it might be like 0.4 millimeters, like of that size of that tip of that nib. So it's very, very slight, the tolerances we're talking about here, but it's enough to where if you have a medium nib, it might write like a fine or an extra fine if you flip that thing over. But it may or may not write super reliably. I think the ones where it writes more reliably is where they're tuned where the the two tines are a little more parallel and not necessarily opening down as much. And that's fairly common too. Yeah, and I think like even when you, you know, if you like take some Dibmeister classes, like Richard Bender has done some at pen shows and he's got some stuff on his website about like tuning and stuff like that. Like having your, having your, your, your tipping like parallel like that is okay. Like that is acceptable. You don't want to going in a reverse because then that will, that will force it to write dry. So you want it to be either straight or opening slightly down. So I think the people that have more success with flipping them are ones where the, the tipping is maybe, you know, a little more parallel like that. Um, but you, so you've got that, that aspect of the tuning, but then you've also got, and that's really, that's kind of hard to change. Like you're not just talking smoothing with micro mesh. You're talking about having to do some nib manipulation, which is not something that I would really encourage most people to try because it takes a lot of practice and you can ruin nibs that way and even like snap the tipping off if you don't know what you're doing. Um, but, you know, you assuming that you have enough of a, a steady enough flow for you to like be happy with how it writes, typically what you're going to have is like a feeling of scratchiness, right? Because they're not necessarily at the factory flipping that thing over and trying to smooth it. So that's really what John's getting at here. If you have a pen that can write reliably enough. Some of them are going to be so skippy and stuff like that. Even if you smooth it, it's not going to write great. And to change that, I don't know. So that's why that's why you don't necessarily buy a pen like with the expectation that it's going to write well upside down without some tweaking. Um, and, and that is something Nibmeisters can do, by the way. If you are wanting that specifically, um, in fact, there are Nibmeisters that even have specific grinds where it's like made to be like a broad on the bottom and a fine on the top. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the tipping is almost ground to like a triangular shape for that specific purpose. It's kind of like a multi-use nib, if you will. Um, but it's not something that probably most fountain pen users are necessarily looking for, uh, but it certainly can be done. Um, and so I would say, you know, what you're looking to do, John, absolutely is within reason. You're not going to, I'm not going to say you can't cause any damage or that you can't mess up your nib at all by flipping it over and then just going to town on some micro mesh. Um, but I will say there's a limit into what is actually helpful. Um, you're not going to necessarily help the flow because that gets into, again, kind of that like tipping, you know, uh, uh, whatever, how it's, how it's actually like kind of bent into shape there at that tipping angle. Um, but what you can do is you can help, you know, just smooth out, especially if the, from the factory, they didn't do that. Um, so the micro mesh will, will help with that and just smooth it out a little bit. So it's certainly something you could try. And if you're not like totally just going to town to the point where you're like grinding it away, I mean, what's the worst that you're going to do if you're not mashing the thing down so hard, because you know, you don't want to do that when anytime you're smoothing a nib anyway, and you're not just 
I'm talking how long would you have to smooth on micro mesh to actually deform the tipping of that nib like 10 minutes? I don't even know. It's not, it's not a super aggressive in the grand scheme of things. It's not a super aggressive material like the 12,000 micro mesh that we have. It's only, but so aggressive. So say you do it for 30 seconds or a minute, you're not going to permanently damage anything. And then worst case, it doesn't really write that great. Like you white, like you want, you, you know, you flip it back over and it writes perfectly fine. Like it normally should. So the risk is relatively low. I'll say, um, I think it's just a matter of like having your expectations in line with what you can actually get with it out of flipping it over. You're going to get the smoothness. You're not necessarily going to get more flow. Um, so the only other thing I say is if you have to smooth it a lot, you know, one of the finer points that you really can't even see, even with a loop you can't even really see, but it's just like a super fine touch that nibmeisters do when they, they grind nibs. Um, so you have your tipping, you have, you know, essentially two halves of a ball that come together to make the tipping. They need to be aligned properly, but then from the initial cut when they're ground and then it's smooth, there can sometimes be just a little bit of a burr on the very inside of each of the like bottom of the ball, like where it touches the paper. And it's so subtle. So what nibmeisters do is they like bend down the time just a bit and take a little bit of micro mesh or a buff stick or something. And they just like nick it. They just nick that very inside of the bottom of each side of the tipping. And that helps to keep it from catching. Honestly, I feel like that's probably half of the issues when you have a nib that's scratchy is probably just that fine little touch. Um, but it does take a little bit of finesse sometimes to do that. Um, so, you know, there may be some of that. I don't know if writing in reverse, if, if you would actually be grinding enough away with a micro mesh to need to nick it like that. That's more when you're like actually grinding and reshaping a nib. But that's probably about the only thing I could think of is if it, you know, if you do that. But again, even if you do that, it's going to be pretty minimal risk. So yeah, I would say you don't really have to, I mean, I'm assuming that you've done some research and there's videos out there that, you know, Stephen Brown and others have done that some basic nib smoothing type stuff. As long as you stick to those principles, it, there's no reason it shouldn't work when you have the nib flipped upside down. Just don't put a lot of pressure because when you have a nib with the feet on the bottom, the nib has room to flex up if you write heavy. Whereas if you flip it over, then the feed is then you know, on top of the nib. Bracing it. So you're, yeah, you're like up against the wall there on that feed. So if you write with too much pressure there, you can actually like bend your nib easier in a way that it can't come back. So not just for like smoothing, but even just writing with a pen reversed like that, just make sure that you have, you know, a properly like air on the lighter side of writing pressure. There you go. That's Q&A. Could I possibly talk more about that subject? I think I covered just about everything <laughs> there. Um, yeah, cool. That's Q&A. So um, definitely you can leave us comments on YouTube. You can email us at pencast at if you have more questions. And uh, yeah, we can we can get some more going. There's also um, a post up right now on the YouTube community page of uh, ooh, if you ever yeah. wanted to just drop a question right in there. Um, there you go. Last week I added a post there. So that is active. Nice. It will live on. So just drop a question in there if you want to. Very cool. All right, we got a new set, not a new segment. We have another segment for you. Rather than doing a pen spotlight, we took a suggestion from um, a viewer and said, uh, hey, why don't you just like pull some cool pens out of your collection? So that's what we did. We dug into my collection and we're gonna cover a random Brian's Treasures spotlight. Got a bunch of pens here, Drew. We can just kind of go through them. Yeah. Now, initially when we talked about doing this, I had the I had the idea to like, oh, I just grab some pens. And you were like, are you going to grab pens that we do sell, don't sell? And I was like, I don't know. We'll find a mixture. We ended up grabbing all pens that we don't sell. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I guess that was interesting. And full disclosure here, 
Some of these we may have talked about before in the pencast. I honestly can't remember what we've talked about when. So we mentioned a few of them. Yeah. So anyway, maybe you'll have not seen that. Um, so I got six different pens here, and we'll take them out one at a time. Um, the first pen I have here is the Schrade Tactical Pen. There it is. Um, this pen was out for maybe a decade or so, but they stopped making this pen, I don't know, eight or nine years ago, something like that. So it is meant to be, I mean, you want to talk like everyday carry before that was like a really widely used term. That's kind of what this thing was for. It's a it's a tactical pen. So it's meant to look fairly weapon-like. Look at that point. The point, I don't know if it's specifically designed to be able to like break a glass oh, window. Oh, I'm sure it is. Look at that but, thing. But, you know, I know there's like a very specific angle that you're supposed to have to be able to do that, but it certainly seems like you should be able to cause some damage to something with that. More than likely. Um, it's got an O-ring here that's like, really tight uh but it feels very secure and then what yeah, sort of nib is that just an ipg um what German is that nib? yeah it's iridium point germany yeah yep. so some kind of generic sort of thing but yeah pretty solid pen i don't know if it posts actually oh it screws onto yeah so it's like a mid mid body screw thread yeah, it's a pretty deep on the back post. it is a pretty deep post but the clip doesn't align with the nib and i don't know how i feel about that but <laughs> bad anyway. But it's aluminum, so it like feels very sturdy, but it's not like super heavy. I was about to ask, it looks heavy. Pen. It looks heavy, but it's actually not that bad. Okay. And like it's a pretty decent pen. I don't remember. I think it sold for like maybe seventy or eighty dollars oh, at not the bad. time. Nowadays it would probably cost over a hundred with inflation and stuff like that. But I don't know, kind of interesting. I, standard, I you know, cartridge standard, converter. Standard stuff. Yeah, standard guts, you know. I don't really know anything about this company because I wanted to carry this pen at the time, but it, they were like already kind of on their way out by the time it's we a were... it's a knife company oh okay yeah didn't even know that yeah Schrade makes knives there you go anyway so that's the Schrade my brother went through it. a knife collecting phase ah uh, there you go um this next one this is a platinum this is called the affection that is we jokingly call it the affliction because <laughs> that just sounds very cool um but it's an interesting shape of a pen it's it's you know, it almost has like a waistband. It does. It's like sort of cinched up here. Uh, the design on it's really cool, though. I really like the, I, I imagine it's some kind of wrap. I don't know if it's a lacquer or a wrap. I can't really tell. Um, but it's got this like kind of webbing with like black and blue. Very, very thin pen. Nice blue grip there. And it's just a teeny little nib. It's a gold nib. Yeah, I like those cool. nibs. Super thin, super skinny nib, which is kind of cool. What's the feed look like? The feed is very oh, flat. interesting. You know, so it's very like, and it's one of those, it, yeah, it's one of those um, kind of uh, clamped feeds. Yeah, uh, thin, uh, nibs. yeah. So it's sort of preppy esque, mm-hmm. but it's not a, it's not a preppy. You got a little nib. filling hole there. Yeah, a little filler hole in there, and you know, it takes a converter and everything, so it's, uh, it's like barely fits it in there. Well, I don't have a converter at the moment, but it will fit a converter. But I mean, it's an aluminum body pen, and like the walls are super thin, so it's a very light pen. But I don't know. It's kind of neat. Very neat. I don't know if this is anything that's available or if it has been. I can't remember where I got this thing. Um, but anyway, I don't know. It'd be kind of cool. Does it? Uh, I'm, I'm certain it posts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think it uh, actually snaps, snaps. on the back. Like it's got a little a little thing there that it kind of oh, yep. snaps on. Yeah, there it is. So it'll like snap and sort of spin a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. Very narrow. Very thin, very light pen, very narrow, but feels very sturdy, very well made. So I don't know. It's nice. It nib is good. Platinum gold nibs are great. I do love those little gold nibs a lot. Every time it's I've written cool. with them. Yeah, I have no horrible. idea what the price of it ever was. I imagine it's more on the like, entry-level side. Um, this is a special pen. This is more of a, for me, pen. It's silver, and it's definitely tarnished. I need to polish it up to make it look nicer. Um, 
but it's uh this pen i think probably goes back to the 60s maybe the 70s um, this is a pen that i actually bought in japan i bought it secondhand it's actually got somebody's name engraved into it in oh. kanji which is cool um i have no idea what it says well, somebody so, can tell us. <laughs> maybe. Need a Google Translate or something. I imagine it's somebody's name or initials or something like that. Um, but that's kind of neat. I was like, that's that's some cool history. Um, but yeah, it's like there are definitely some like pilot pens that... So what, what is this? this? I don't remember the yeah, model I mean, name. Is it a pilot? Is a platinum. A platinum, okay. Platinum. So they, if you remember, when they had their 100th anniversary, they did a pen that was sort of in this styling. Um, yeah. I, I can't remember what it was called. I think they called it like, I think they called it like a, another um, version of century or something like that. Maybe. Or like the, oh, the decade or the century or something like that. It was kind of confusing. Yeah, I don't remember. But anyway, vintage platinum, that was uh, kind of cool. And then when they came, I didn't know at the time that I got this, that they were coming out with the other one. And then they came out with it and it looked kind of similar. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I've got sort of like the OG to it. So I don't know, that's kind of neat. Nib writes great too. It's a broad nib, but it's like kind of stubby. Is it so gold, gold nib? Cool. Gold nib. Yeah. Yeah. Inlaid nib. Um, but yeah, it writes, writes great. So I like that a lot. That is cool. Yeah. Um, got another, I guess I really went pretty heavy on the Japanese pens on this go. Um, Got another one that is a kind of a thinner pen. This is the Pilot Grance. You know, you mentioned this one not too long ago when we were talking about um, pens that we couldn't get here in the U.S. Yeah. And I remember you had mentioned this one as one you'd like to have. And someone in the comments said that that surprised them because it hmm. is a thin it's and a narrow thin pen. pen. Yeah. And they, they said, That's I'm surprised fair. that Brian finds that appealing. I'm really picky about those and i haven't really written with this pen all that much so maybe that's part of it i just like the way that it looks um but it's it's got some similar elements to it that the the affection does actually maybe this is that blue grip or something well look at the cap it has that same sort of it's got the same kind of like webby swirly kind of a thing which is cool maybe it's just like it's just so different for a pilot i I wonder if that was very much like an early 2000s thing i don't know i don't know if they still make this i don't know if this was japan only I don't even remember how I stumbled upon this pen. Um, but anyway, it's kind of cool. It's got like the smaller, it's like a stargazer size nib. Are all of the Grancés, um like metal barrels like this? I don't remember. I don't I, I know that they are. Know. I don't know that they are. I think some of them are like the bicolor like this. And some of them might be all the, the color. This blue, this blue one I think is special. I might've gotten this one in Japan too. Um, Look at that here. Can you turn around that feed? That feed looks unique. Feed? No, no, it doesn't. No, Never mind. It's like, a, it's like what's on the stargazer, I think. It's yeah, similar okay. design that you have on the Custom yeah. 74 and all that kind of stuff, but just slightly smaller. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it says what size it is on there. No, I don't know. But anyway, but it's got like a G in the middle of the nib, I guess, for Grance. So I don't know. I don't really know. Oh, yeah, look at that. I don't that. really know a whole lot of backstory to this thing. But my guess is this thing would probably be in like the 200 or 250 range if it were to be available. So I don't really know. This is something that we've asked Pilot about and Pilot USA, and it's like, oh, well, I'm not really sure. Um, you really think it'd be up at that high? Probably, probably. I don't know. I don't know. This pen, this is not a fountain pen, to full disclosure. In fact, the next two pens are not fountain pens. My apologies. This, Drew, is a ballpoint multi-pen. Oh, no. But I bought it for the design. It's that is cool. a cool design. Again, this was in Japan. I bought it at Atoya. Um, oh, you have talked about this. Place. I have yeah. talked about this one, but like... A beautiful. This is not blue, what I was picturing when you were talking about it right? at all. Right, a beautiful blue Mount Fuji. I saw Mount Fuji when I was there, so it was like, okay, this is really cool. Um, but it is a multi pen, so it's kind of cool. So it's got a red ballpoint. It's got you twist it again, and it's a 
what is that? I think that's a pencil. Yeah. So pencil lead. So that's kind of neat. Um, if I go back the other way, it's got a, what is that, a black ballpoint. Um, and is that it? Two ballpoints and a pencil. Three. Yeah. Yeah. Red, black, and pencil. That makes sense. Something so that three and thin one. giving you two, that's pretty cool. Yeah, kind of neat. And then like Machier, it's, you know, basic Machier. Yeah. But it looks really good. You know, I'm sure it's like stick on Machier. Yeah. For the price. I want to say so like $50 or equivalent in Japan. So, you know, probably be, you know, double that if it was to come in the U.S. But that's still I don't cool. know that it's available. Um, and then the last one is cool. This is a Lamy pen. This is the Tippo. Yeah, I picked this one out because I just love this. Yeah. I believe this was a special edition. Um, in fact, when they did their event in New York back in 2018, I think they might have done that for this one. But I think the white was a special edition. So it's a it's a ballpoint. But when you um, have the tip come out, the back of the pen comes out too and extends into like a more full-width pen. I just think that's a really that is, cool no, it's so smart. mechanism. Because it's small when you need it to be. Yeah. And it's just got the little roll stop, sort of like the Dialog CC does. So that's kind of neat. You know, it looks really, it looks really kind of weird. That's a great pen, But it's also pen, really though. cool. I mean, yeah, this is a fiddle pen, to be sure. And I don't know. That's just a lot of fun. So how do you take it apart? Uh, I believe you just unscrew it like you would the grip of it's a just got pen. pen. I mean, how about the, that? Look at that thing. Oh, that's a little one. Oh, it's a little, oh. a little M22. So yeah, you'll use this thing up in like oh, 10 minutes. Oh, I haven't. Oh my gosh. I've so, never seen that. Yeah. Well, we don't deal with rollerballs really, so... Yeah. I've never seen any rollerball refill that small. So tiny, but it's pretty cool. I don't know. Lamy design is really cool. They have a couple of really cool like ballpoint pens that it's like, ah, I wish we like sold those because the design is neat. But I mean, yeah. we could and no one would buy them. But. Well, yeah, I mean, we could just, well, I mean, we could just buy it for ourselves. And <laughs> that's it. Anyway, so just some fun pens that out of my collection. Cool. Yeah, I thought you all would enjoy seeing this. That was a fun little adventure, Brian. Yeah. Thank you for that. Just taking you on a tour, you know. That was enjoyable. Um, I think we're on to what's happening, right? Uh, yes, we are. There? All right. Drew, what's happening in your world? In my world? Well, let's see. Let me start off by going back in time when I said that I would kind of like to talk with my grandmother about learning how to sew a bit. Yeah. Are you uh, following up on that? I did. I, um, uh-huh. I reached out to her. She was tickled. That I was interested in that. You tickled your grandma. Um, I did. And uh, she showed me how to hem a dress. So my wife is five, two and a quarter. She makes sure that the quarter that gets mentioned. She doesn't want to just yeah. be five, two. No. Um, so naturally, someone of that stature might find themselves with dresses that are longer than they want them to be. So uh, I had a dress that she wanted a little bit higher, you like more to her knee level. And so I brought that to Mimi, and Mimi said, okay, Drew, this one's got a liner to it. So I will hem the outside, and you can hem the liner after you watch me. So I watched her hem, and then I gave it a go. So we got the sewing machine. She showed me what a bobbin was. She showed me how to, you know, hook it all up. And she was doing it kind of fast. She was probably, she thought she was doing it slow she was not doing it slow <laughs> um but i you know got the gist of I it i love that you couldn't keep pace with your grandma no this, god this no is really cool no no she is uh let's see i believe she is you know 86 no 87 she's 50 years older than my brother my brother is 38 no 37 i don't know anyway math yeah. um she's 
not a spring chicken, but she moves like a spring chicken. Okay. And uh, sewing, she can she can still do it. So <laughs> she did it, um, and I thought it didn't look too hard. And then I did the liner. So I got up to the sewing machine. I got the pedal going, trying mm-hmm. to keep things straight. Uh, didn't. Oh. No, didn't didn't keep it straight. Okay. I successfully hemmed the liner, though. The liner's not going to be seen, so it's not a big deal. Mimi knew what she was doing. I was going to say, she that's knew. why she gave you the oh, liner. Oh, she knew. Yeah. She knew. She's like, you know, like dealing with a little kid again. Like, okay, Drew, you can you can help out with... How cute that you want to learn how to sew. Let's Pretty much. I felt like I was a kid again, and she was letting me help cook. She's like, yep. okay, well, you can put this tray of tater tots in the oven and shut the door because you can't screw it up (laughs) i helped cook i love that i love that yeah so i did the thing it was a little wavy Uh but it's fine you know the the goal was after she hemmed it you could see the liner was lower so like oh can you fix that i'm like yes i can it is no longer the the lining is no longer lower than the rest of the dress so i succeeded nice don't look at it but i succeeded yeah so i i definitely have some practice to to do um but uh, did you know that in a sewing machine you have a needle, uh, a, a, a you know unit of thread up at the top, and mm-hmm. then another unit of thread, you know, spooled inside of the machine beneath the needle. Yes, that that's kind of how I felt. Like, yeah, that makes like sense. Like, being a tinkerer, I farted around with my mom's sewing machine as a kid and i was like oh this is kind of neat and i would yeah. like poke it and like pull it apart and stuff like that but i never like functionally used like, it it so made not, sense yeah. when i thought about it but i don't think i actually knew that huh. that thread was coming from two places okay um but when i saw it, i'm like well of course it has to because otherwise mm-hmm. how you can you you know the needle can't just pull up and do the same action so anyway right, right. it was it was very educational for me so hmm. um i need some practice Still going to do some practice, uh, but it was an enjoyable experience. And then um, I had bought a couple patches for the denim jacket that I got. Uh, nice. Didn't use a sewing machine for that, but I did take take them home and I did some sewing on my jacket. Got my uh, So I bought the, the first patch I did. I bought a bigger back patch. Um, that Ooh. is the uh, bonsai tree with the setting sun behind it that Daniel LaRusso had on his karate gi nice. in Karate Kid. So I put that on the back. That was the first thing I did. Classic. Get myself a Karate Kid jacket. Yep. Nice. Um, so that took a while. I. How big is this patch? Like you know, probably about big. ten inches. Wow. Um, yeah, that's big. Yeah. Um, maybe sewing by hand. Yeah. Too. Yeah. I kind of had to because all mm. the branches were like jaggedy and. Um, oh, it wasn't just like a circle. It was like no. Like oh wow. Yeah. Kiss cut. As yes. They would say exactly in the biz. So wow. I had to. Now I started off doing it, and I thought I was doing a good job, and then I took a break like a quarter way through and the whole thing had shifted and I was sewing it completely crooked. Oh gosh. So I had to undo the whole thing. I texted my Mimi. I was like, eh, it's crooked. She's like, well, you need to use, you need to use pins. You, you pin it. So it stays put. And I was like, oh, well, mm. yeah, that does make sense. I don't have any pins. I don't have straight pins. I don't have a pin cushion. You gotta get some pins. Uh, I need to get some pins. need to get a pin cushion. One of those can, little tomato I believe you can things. get them basically anywhere i know any drugstore any walmart craft store target so i need some pins but i had rare earth magnets so (laughs) oh my gosh i used those wow okay so i had a bunch of rare earth big like (laughs) smash your finger uh magnets kind of doing the same thing oh it it took care of business man wow the only the only thing is they were pretty thick Mm. so i can't leave them there because otherwise there would be like a, a gap between the you know, uh, you want it to be flat against oh. it. So I had to keep shifting them around and moving them, but they got the job done. So I got it on. It doesn't look terrible. 
But uh, that's the hardest patch. All everything else is gonna be circles and squares. I love that you don't have straight pins. Why would but I? But you have rare earth magnets. I needed them for my <laughs> Doctor Strange costume to wow. to pin the cape to my back straightening brace that I use for a cape backpack okay. strap thing. So anyway, all right. all right, got it done. Nice. Um, so I'm still sewing. Sewed on one more patch, but I've got like five more. But the jacket is coming along. I'm spending way too much time on eBay and Etsy buying patches. I need to stop. But sounds like a good nickname for you. I'm start calling you Patches. All right. That was my favorite 101 Dalmatian. Yeah? Yeah, it was the one with the eye spot. You know, you 90s Disney kid. You know, there yeah. was going to the Disney store, getting myself a Patches stuffed animal. Yeah, nice. man. Uh, ran some errands on Saturday. That was when we went to go get the card because we did the whole taking the kid to a birthday event. Mm-hmm. And let's Shamefully go, the ball point to, go to Target <laughs> on the way to the birthday mm. to get the kid a thing mm-hmm. asked uh, my son well, what is this kid oh, like we've, we've definitely done some oh, absolutely get the get the birthday kid a gift you on know the we, way. you yeah. know oh yeah always you know we did have the foresight to do go upstairs into the pile of random you know gift bags got a gift so bag beforehand seven dollars like exactly bag? yes nonsense nonsense at least if you give it to a family member you can be like yeah let me get that gift bag back yeah you know? right you're just like well, pass it back and forth to each other like we have so many we have like christmas gift bags and stuff like that that go back like it was just 30 years blue bag with stars <laughs> on it it was perfect it was fine nice. we didn't have to pay um nice and uh so we asked archers like all right what's this kid like he likes minecraft and potatoes we're like well okay i'm sure they have some minecraft stuff at target got okay. him a minecraft thing but while we were at the laser tag place i we had we just dropped him off but i went there and you know their kids were just making a bunch of jokes looking at this map of the laser tag place and archer points something it's like yeah we should just cross that off and write potatoes on it and looked at the kid and the birthday kid was just like potatoes he got so (laughs) excited and archer just looks at me like told you wow kid likes potatoes that's that's incredible (laughs) i was like dang dude all right so we got him a minecraft toy and he Said potatoes. So the kid kid likes the word potato. I think, he I think just he lost just, his mind. Yeah, on he potatoes. Just, he just likes potatoes. Anyway, yeah, so himself. we did that thing. Uh, Shannon and I <laughs> took a break while he was doing the laser tag thing. Um, we were in Southside, so we wanted wanted to go to this greenhouse. Um, they just called the Great Big Greenhouse or the Big Greenhouse, something like that. Yeah. Uh, wanted to look for a Japanese maple because I told you I wanted to find Japanese maple trees. Yes. So I am still on that kick, Brian. Yes, okay. one of the many obsessions I currently have. Okay. Uh, went there. I was told that these trees were going to be expensive. Mm. They were. They were like one hundred and seventy dollars. And how big? I, how big? Uh, probably about three feet tall. Yeah, that's well, expensive. Probably not counting the pot. So probably like four feet tall, counting the pot. So yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Mm. Not paying one hundred and eighty dollars for a little okay. baby tree. Just steal it. Uh, tried. Didn't fit in my pocket. I wasn't, <sighs> I wasn't wearing my cargo shorts that day. So mm. that's why you always got cargo shorts. I know. So you're ready to steal Japanese maples all, all the time. time. <laughs> it's like a regular occurrence for me. But no, also I was miserable. Like the the whole, it was, everything was hot. Now I, I, I get it. It's a greenhouse. It's not going to be cool. Mm. But it was a hot day on Saturday. I was not yeah. feeling it. I wanted to look around at other stuff. I was like, no. It's nope. probably like balmy in there too. It was. Yeah. It was so bad. I was like swimming. I hated it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let's just leave. I'm done. I hate this. I'm, I'm not sweating. happy. I'm sweating just you talking about it. Dude, it was not, <laughs> it was not pleasant. So I was like, forget it. No, expensive, hot. Let's go somewhere else. And um, mm. um, wife wanted a donut. So we went to... Uh, Dunkin' Donuts. It looked like it had been converted from a bank to a Dunkin' Donuts. Okay. We pulled up there. They seemed surprised to see us. And they gave us, you know, a decent donut and some terrible coffee. Did they send you some donuts through like a vacuum tube? You could see where it was covered up. Oh, that'd be amazing. You you could see where the little drawer had been like just covered with a metal plate. 
Huh. And I'm like, do y'all, like, no one was in there. It, like, I think that they just. Are they, like, not open yet or something? No, or? they are. They just don't think they'll get any business. So well, like, right, not like that. They y'all, y'all need to go back to being a bank. Open up your, those vacuum tubes your, and you'll get right? some business. Thank you. That's I, I want my donuts. Vacuum tube donut. <laughs> so we did that and then uh, went by the mall, one of the last malls in our area, and um, went by Old Navy, spent some money we didn't need to spend, and then she dragged me around. Uh, oh, what's that store? It's like a Pier 1 sort of store, but not Pier 1. Uh, Kirkland's. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know. Sure. Looked at... One of those home goods, Kirkland's yeah, Pier 1, like something. Well, yeah, it's like... Or, just looked at a bunch of decorations and i feel like there's a lot of wicker things yeah everywhere. you know that's a yeah. thing mm-hmm. so did that went back to get the, get the kid it was it was a, it was a solid day okay. um and then uh, ended the day uh at the pool at our friend's house nice so um yeah the pool's open this weekend but, but so by that but by that time it wasn't hot anymore so oh. i brought my trunks i was ready to go but it wasn't hot it was mm-hmm. like windy and uh so i got in the hot tub so i hot tubbed it it was oh. not people soup this time there's no one in i was it. gonna say did you uh nope just me and Shannon Archer. You didn't walk up in your bathing suit and no. walk away? <laughs> no. But you know what's weird? I'll tell you something. Uh, I don't normally, I never wear shorts. And you know this about me. I don't, I don't I'm not nervous about showing my legs. But because yeah. I never show my legs, people think that I have like some sort of like apprehension towards sure. doing it. So whenever I am walking around in swim trunks, they're like, oh, come on, Drew, you look fine. I'm like, I'm, I'm fine. Like, yeah. I don't. I, I don't just, have like a, a don't bo- prefer to wear right, shorts. I don't have a yeah. body, but I guess that that assumption is made because I'm never ever in shorts and yeah. I rarely swim. So people just automatically think I'm like really, really self-conscious about myself. And I'm mm, not. No. But like everybody's like, oh, come on, Drew. You're fine. I'm like, thank you. I, <laughs> I appreciate that. But I'm no, I'm I'm good. I just, yeah. just don't let you do the shorts thing. You're like so. give you a complex about it. Yeah. Now, I'm like, all right. Now, you know, now I do feel weird. <laughs> but anyway, I did that. Uh, Sunday was solid. Um, um, I found somebody on Facebook Marketplace selling Japanese maples for forty dollars. Hey, so they were much smaller. We're just talking like a gallon yeah. pot. Okay, um, but yeah, drove uh, across the river, Chesterfield, and uh, picked one up. She was delightful, super pleasant lady. Told nice. me about the care, and I got to pick the one I liked the best. So that was a super pleasant experience. Nice. So I got yeah. my Japanese maple. It's out back. I need a pot for it because um, I actually have a gigantic pot, but I need like a mid-sized pot for mm. that one. Are you supposed to keep it potted, or is it going to? You can do like, either. You, you can, can do either. This really? is a dwarf variety. It's a red dragon Japanese maple, so it is a, a dwarf variety technically, from huh. what I've the limited amount that I've read. Okay. So you will eventually need to plant it, but they're slow-growing trees, um, hmm. and they can be potted for quite a while. Cool. Yeah. Um, and that was my goal was to keep it plot, potted for a long oh, while, wow. several yeah. years. Yeah. Um, and then that night we went to my aunt's new husband's birthday party in Fredericksburg. So we drove an hour to Fredericksburg. Okay. You know, I don't know a ton about the guy, but he's super nice. Um, we let Archer bring the switch because we knew it was going to be boring for him. Mm. So we're sitting there making small talk. Some of my family was there. And um, after making sure that Archer went and said hi to everybody, we said, okay, you can play your switch now. So he went somewhere in the house. We don't know this house. We've never been there before. So at some point, I'm like, all right, enough time has passed. I should probably find where my kid is. And I just kind of start poking around the house. And I go into the back hallway thinking I'm going to need to go into one of these side bedrooms to find out where he's set up shop. No. Homeboy is sitting at the back of the hallway squatting with the switch. <laughs> like just sitting there, not not with his, his not on his butt, just like hunched over, squatted in the middle of the hallway, looking all creepy, just playing a switch at the end of the dark hallway. <laughs> I took a picture of it. I'll, I'll show you. It looks, it just... I was like, well, there he is. Yeah. I was like, honey, come here, look at this. And he's like, what? what is he doing? Why is he there? I don't he's know. He's in his own just, world. Just leave him alone. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was a pretty pretty action packed weekend. Got a little bit of boring Sounds stuff busy, in there, yeah. but uh, yeah, I'd like for it to be more boring, but mm. it was fine. This weekend's going to be exciting too because uh, I'm going to the Triangle Pen Show. Yeah, in Raleigh. In Raleigh, that's exciting. So anybody that's in the Raleigh Durham area, come say hi. I will yes. be there, and I encourage you to. Say hi to me. I'm there for Especially no other at purpose. That show, because yeah. it's not a super crowded no, show. No, no. I really am there for no purpose other than to see people and say hi and look at some pens and to look at some pen people. So, yeah, that's awesome. a good. It's a good first show for anybody too. If uh, you want to kind yeah. of have a more intimate show, yeah. a, it's a good one. It's going to be a new hotel this year. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's no longer at the Crabtree Valley, uh, you know, mall area. Um, not sure where it is, but it's at the DoubleTree somewhere. Okay. Yeah. So Sounds about right. we'll check that out. I'm bringing Shannon and Archer with me. Oh. Because uh, they're going to go to the Lego store and Shannon's going to try to meet one of her former managers at her old job or something like that. So, um, yeah, they're at least keeping me company on the drive. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Well, I hope that's fun. It will be. Um, for me, I pulled it up as well. Pulled all, it up. All the pools nice. opened this weekend. Yeah. Memorial Day. It's a big thing in the U.S. Your swim trunks have cargo pockets? Um... Cargo pockets. These particular ones, I don't think did. No. I was joking. Do you have some that do have cargo pockets? Yeah, I've had ones that have had like you know with like the rivets in them. Oh, you know, like oh the, okay. The cargo pocket. Yeah, that was all right. Like the board short. Oh style. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But I don't think these particular ones did. I don't okay. know. They're like whatever. I don't care. I'm a dad. I need something that fits my dad bod. Yep. Oh, there's something that's cheap and is there. I don't buy that anyway. Yep. So I did that. Um. And uh, one thing, one fun thing about Rachel. So we went, um, Joseph was actually at a friend's house. Ellie had one of her friends over. So we took our daughter and her friend to the pool in like the little condo association thing where my parents live. So they have like a little pool, which is a saltwater pool, which is really cool. I've never that's been what Josh and Jeffrey have. Pool. Yeah, that's what we go. So nice. Yeah. So you don't have that bleachy, yes. chlorine kind of feel. It's so delightful. Cool. Yeah. But, you know, it's it was warm on Saturday, but it was not hot. So it's like we're in a pool, but it was like had a little water had a little bite to it. And Rachel What do you mean like a bite was, as in it like was, it was cold? cold. Oh, yeah. okay, gotcha. It was just kind of cold. Yeah. And the and the air was slightly brisk. So it yeah. was it was okay, but it was like you had to kind of like stay in the water, you know? because uh, if you got out, you'd be like, this is mm-hmm. a little cold. Um so we did that. So my daughter and I had a blast. We were in the pool. Rachel, no. She just they, she's got a thing, especially between her and her sister, where her sister's like, Come on, you'll get used to it, all that. And Rachel's just like, No. I will not get used to it. That's me. And Rachel's is no. at the point, like, if it's not, like, if it's not a seamless temperature transition yes. from, like, air to water, yes. then she's just not interested. That's me. And I'm just, like, I'm not trying to, like, change who she is anymore. So I am now, like, her water gauge whenever we go to, like, a pool or whatever. I get in, and I'm, like, would Rachel get into I'm, like, no. Mm. So I was just, like, Rachel, I'm going to enjoy the pool, but you're just, don't even bother sticking your foot in. Just, you're not going to enjoy anything about this pool. And she was like, cool. Yeah. She was perfectly happy just sitting by the pool. Yeah. I have to be miserably hot to want to get into the pool. Really? Yeah. Like, it, I need to be suffering outside. See, I'll get in the pool. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't love It's not worth water, it. It's like you got to change and you got wet stuff stuck to you and you got to walk into the <laughs> cold house to change and ugh. Just, yeah. It's work. It's, an, it's, it's like an eyedropper pen. The cons outweigh the pros. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. I have to do that with Shannon and spicy food. Like, I've got a pretty good gauge on it. Oh, you're like the, yeah. the, the tester. I mean, she, yeah. girl doesn't even like black pepper. Like, she's, <laughs> yeah. She's very sensitive. Fair enough. 
Um, and then I also uh, made some more of those like walnut pen holder things. Have I shown Ooh. those things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen we them. got some. We got some guests coming to visit us this week, and uh, so I'm making a whole bunch of them. So trying to keep a stock of them on hand. So I made a whole batch this weekend, and that was fun. Nice. Get my hands a little sawdusty. Nice. Um, so that was cool. And then um, got Joseph to mow the lawn again. Heyo. Which is bittersweet. I will be honest. Because you kind of like it. I kind of like mowing the lawn. I've got this. <laughs> I've got this kind of sick relationship with mowing the lawn. Like it's work and it's dirty and all that kind of stuff. And it's kind of a hassle. You have to dance around the weather, and it you have to change your whole plan. Sounds terrible. But I, 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 the, like I got quotes to have somebody do it before, and I was I couldn't bring myself to it. I was like, I can't pay somebody about my lawn, and it was not cheap either. I got a big lawn, but it was just like I'm not. I can't. Like, what am I going to do? Just like sit in the house while somebody else mows my lawn? That's like, just didn't didn't compute in my brain. Um, and I, I get it. I get it. the appeal. It makes sense. Yes. I should do that. I have a lot of other things to do. But I just have never been able to bring myself to do I would that. rather do anything. Mine is $45 every two weeks, and I would rather pay that than eat. Yeah, if see, if mine, I had to go, I would rather starve and pay somebody that $45 than to not have it done. I loathe mowing mm-hmm. the lawn. See, the quote that I got, it was like $250 a, a week. I would, I would something probably. Something like that. That's, that's, it was like yeah, really see, expensive. Yeah, see, mine, yeah, no. Or $250 I, a mowing, and I think it was every other week or something like that. Anyway, yeah, see, $45 every lot. two weeks, that's just like not eating a, a not eating out once a yeah. week. I can I can handle that. Yeah. Like but anyway, but Joseph's 13 and I was like, mm, he's going to be driving in a couple of yeah. years. He needs to he could probably start with a lawnmower, yeah. you know. Yeah. And last time we did it the grass wasn't quite long enough, so he kind of went all over the place and I was mm. like, oh, yeah, cuz you couldn't see your path. He couldn't see the path. Oh, I could see it. Okay. But I know what I'm doing and so I was like, all right, we're going to wait till it's nice and long. Nice and he did that this time. He did much better this nice. time. Nice. So he did it and he was, you know, he was not like the most excited about doing it, but um he'll be excited when he gets that he, cash. He even told me he even told me after he did it, he was like, you know, he's like, mowing the lawn is one of those things that I'm not excited about starting doing it, but once I do it, I don't mind it so much. And I was like, noted. Mm. I will remind you of this next yep. time. So, yeah, he, he did a lot better. I'll give him credit. At well, 13, I was similarly motivated as him, you know, to pull him away from Tears of the Kingdom and have him go mow the lawn outside in the dusty sun. Yeah. Um, so what I like is dusty good. sun. Yeah. Literally a dusty sun is what I had at the end of it. But <laughs> it's good. It's character building for him, but I, I'll be honest with you, I kind of miss it a little bit because it's mm. like me time. But it's he's getting to do it. He's building character. So that's good. Yeah. Um, but I did have to do some mower maintenance. So I had to sharpen the blades and I Wasn't this like, just because it came up on your spreadsheet? It's well, no, I, I knew I needed to do it anyway. Yeah, it's it's just part of regular maintenance. Like I'm, I sharpen the blades once a year and change the oil. Do you really? Kind of stuff. Yeah. Wow. Try to keep, I mean, you got to keep up with the equipment, man. It's I just, mean, you don't have to. <laughs> if you want it to like run well, yeah. I, I when I back in my lawn mowing days, my mower, I changed the blade one time. Mm. Never emptied the gas for the winter. Mm. Never changed the oil. Never knew how to change the oil. Mm. I would just throw it away and get a new one. <laughs> well, this is like a riding lawnmower. That's this true. Like, that's like a, that, a, that's a, a vehicle. It's an investment. No, I, yeah. see, I only had push mowers. It's so. got like a 26 horsepower motor on it. It's like, it's got three blades. Yeah. Well, that it's you're protecting big, your investment there. Yeah. Like, that's kind of it. Yeah. Like, 
when I've had smaller mowers, I didn't care as much about. I didn't. Yeah. Okay. That makes me feel better. That makes me feel better. Okay. But no, this was like, okay, this is like, yeah, it's like, it's like buying a small vehicle. Yeah. I keep forgetting that you have one of those gigantic things. Yeah. Yeah. I've got at least two acres of grass that I can mow. I don't know exactly how big it is. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot. Anyway. um, Well, have you thought about maybe like, you know, going half and half with Joseph and maybe you do half, he does half? Well, what I'm doing is I'm doing like the trimming. So I'll like do the edging because I don't want to have to worry about like, having him hitting, okay. hitting stuff and okay, all so that. you get a little so bit I, of, do, I do get out there a little yeah, bit. You get, yeah, you get, you get the fun part where you actually actually need to do some problem solving and some turning. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. We're, we're going to work him up to that too, but anyway. Um, but then last thing, so last year for Mother's Day, I'd planted all these like lilies and other things like that. I think I remember that. And then they slowly got eaten and destroyed and died in the sun and everything. And I was like, screw this. Yeah. So I really didn't think about doing anything this year. But like half the lilies came back. I don't know how. They were like gone. Yeah. Half of them came back. They were like beautiful, blooming and everything through May. As soon as June rolled around, dropped all the flowers, and now all the rabbits have come around and are just like eating the things up again. And I was like, is this just like how it goes? I think like are they gonna so. die and then like come back? I think again? That's what, I think like I, my, I have tulips that do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So maybe they'll that's show just... up right at the beginning of spring. Yeah. Um, like we had like a solid month of beautiful yeah. flowers and now they're just going to be like these gnarled up little things that are yeah. just going to shrivel and die the rest of the year. So that's there. I don't know what to do it's about that. It's a fleeting that, but beauty. Yeah, but that's okay. So anyway, that's about all i got going on in my life. I did forget to mention one thing. You know how I feel about the Yen Ching on West Broad, right? The Chinese restaurant that yeah. hasn't changed since the 90s. Yep. We, we, we did go there and nice. had, had lunch and I just I love it so so much <laughs> I was there and I recorded like 15 seconds of just ambiance because I love it so much they've oh my got, gosh they've got just this little tiny fountain that like dribbles yeah <laughs> so I was like shh, shh be quiet I'm just gonna record this she was like what the heck are you What's doing wrong with you? Shh, shh, people be quiet I just wow. wanna take it in I love it so much, Brian. Wow. It's like my happy place. You need to record it because that place is probably not gonna be business I know that, that that's what's in my head mm-hmm. it's like you know yeah, I know. Or they'll stay in business forever because they've like so long paid off everything. I they hope just, They so. need like two customers a week to stay in business. I, I hope so. I don't know. It's magnificent. Cool. All right, so we got a quick company update and then we'll wrap this thing up. All right, so probably by the time you watch this, this will be old news. But on Friday, today, this week, we are having a mental health half day here at Goulet Pens. So I don't know what I'm going to do, Drew. What do you, you got any plans? I did. I forgot Friday? about it until this yeah. week. I didn't think we were going to have one. Well, we had a delayed one last month because we had the baseball game yeah. and we coordinated around that. So it's like, this one came up quick. I might go, I might go see the Guardians of the Galaxy movie because oh. I've been wanting to see that, but I know from what people have told me, it's not an Archer friendly movie. Um, oh. And he doesn't really care either. He does want to go see Into the Spider-Verse though. So I will see that with him. Okay. So I might go see Guardians. But I also might go look for some plants just mm. on my own time and without, um, okay. you know. Wear your cargo shorts. Yeah. Steal, <laughs> steal all the plants. Um, but uh, I don't know. Man, the world seems to be my oyster. Mm. We have it where the kids are, our kids are wrapping up school. They have exam week next week. So the schedule gets crazy. But for whatever reason, Ellie's got like a school dance or something i don't know something going on wait so they're in school like, next week yeah oh they're still going oh archer's last day is friday yeah oh, okay yeah our kids are super late just this Dang. year they're shifting okay. that next year but okay. so they're like still in school but um yeah ellie's like gotta stay later for something and joseph is normally later anyway we have our half day it's like rachel and i will have like four hours to ourselves <gasps> so i was like we should like do a day date somewhere oh my god please do that so i think we think we will but both of us are just like what do we do i don't know so we might figure something out but anyway that's what we'll be doing. That's so. awesome. I love that we have that so much. Yep. 
All right, that's it for the podcast this week. Let's wrap this thing up. Well, we want to thank you all for watching. Wrapping it up. We're still going, wrapping it up. Wrapping it up. Uh, Please leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Ask us some questions so that we can continue to do this show. Uh, You can check out goodlaypens.com. We have lots of pens, ink, paper, all that stuff. And you can subscribe, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, all these places. Twitter, whatever, Pinterest. We're on these places. Um, I got some fun facts, Drew, about pools. I would so love I to hear pools some Pools on the pool mind. Facts. Okay. I got, a, I got a variety of them. I don't know if I'll share all these. Uh, according to the trade group Pool and Hot Tub Alliance, Ooh. did you know that there was an alliance? It sounds like a tag team from the 90s in WWF. <laughs> there you go. Uh, there are 10.7 million swimming pools in the United States. That's a lot of pools. Um, 10.4 million of the pools are residential and 309,000 are public. So in total, that's one pool for every 31 people in the U.S. That's still human soup. It's a lot of... 31 people in a pool. No, one pool per... Oh, yeah, if you were to put... If everybody in the country got in the pool at the same time, every 31 people in every pool. Uh, That would be uncomfortable for me. Yep. Um, 36% of children and 15% of adults swim in a pool at least six times a year. So I don't know if we fall into that. I don't know if I do six times a year. I didn't swim at all last year. Well, there you go. You're part of the 85% of adults that don't. Almost 84. Um, The average cost of an in-ground pool is $35,000. Gross. Swimming pools can boost the value of a home up to 7%. So by my math, that means that in order to recoup the initial cost of the average pool, your house has to be worth over half a million dollars, which these days is almost everything, right? Oh, my God. I also don't know how current this $35,000 estimate is. I feel like it's not a 2023 figure. When we were looking at houses, you know, 20... 19 uh we saw a pool we're like nope like that was a detractor for sure yep well for some it's a plus others it's a minus but i got a couple more pool facts okay um which state do you think has the most pools florida florida has a lot 1.59 million pools in florida shannon lived in tampa for years and every like she in her subdivision a pool was standard in every at yeah, every house. Pretty common. Pretty a common. screened in pool at that. All yeah. of them exactly the same. Now which state has the least pools? Uh Vermont. Wyoming. Wyoming. Three thousand pools in Wyoming. The whole state. Why? There's no, Oming? There's nobody there. Oh. It's like nobody in the state. I don't know. Accounting for population, Arizona, Florida, New Mexico have the most swimming pools per capita. Yeah. One swimming pool for every thirteen people in Arizona. It's kind of crazy. Anyway. And then if you are getting a pool. To account for maintenance, chemicals, electricity, and more, three to $6,000 per year is what you're going to pay just in maintenance. So when you add that to the initial cost of the pool, pools basically, you don't make money on a pool. It's just a big liability. But if you like that lifestyle, go for it. As long as you use it more than six times a year. Anyway, there's some fun pool facts, and I'll never talk about it again. Kind of like owning a boat. Oh, yeah, very much so. Yeah. Or a pool table. All these things are treadmills. You're like, yeah, I'll use this all the time. And then you're just like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I buy now, I'm like, how am I going to throw this away one day? Mm. It's uh, not a bad way to think. I, or just do I, should I even buy this if I'm just going to throw it away one day? Maybe that's a better way to go about that it. That is a better way. Um, somebody, you know, because we're, we were talking about minimalism and uh, mm. um, um, ethical consumption last week, mm-hmm. which by by the way, looking at our views from last week, a terrible title. <laughs> terrible title. Nobody wants to Nobody hear any wants of that. To just like shaming everyone. I was like, oh, why did I, why did I title mm, it that way? I'll have to change that one up. <laughs> but anyway, somebody said, because uh, you had, someone found it comical that you opened up that question with, I don't know how big uh, minimalism is, but um, you get the irony there? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that was the way yeah. you opened it. 
I didn't even, didn't even really I didn't know that. it either. But someone commented <laughs> that it was hilarious to them because yeah. I don't know how big minimalism is, but not, not, not. That's pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Oh, anyway, Dirty Hammock. We've kept y'all long enough. Thank you so much for watching. We'll catch you next week. Right on.